Hey everyone, I'm I'm trying to be jovial and jolly because this we're about episode to, we're about to fuck up your evening because we are about to fuck up your evening uh, with one of the most disgusting cunts, one of the biggest wrong cocks we've ever spoke about so far. Probably the wrongest cock we've spoke about so far. <laughs> we spoke about murderers and all that Co- sort co- of shit. A couple of rapers. We got Luca in there yeah. abusing animals and that. But we're, this cunt trigger warning, which I don't like really giving. But no, nah, this need, this needs a trigger warning. Really, um, we are going to talk about some very graphic child abuse of the worst kind, and also. Um, we may talk briefly about some bestiality in there as well because the particular wrongcock we are discussing this week is disgraced, like wholeheartedly disgraced, former lead singer and someone I knew personally, Ian Watkins from Lost Prophets. Yeah. Both Scott and I, we've we've mentioned it before, probably on air a few, like briefly, and then off air. Oh, fuck. Almost spilled a drink. Over his laptop. Yeah, well, yeah, over the recording equipment, that would have worked well. Um, but both Scott and I were fans of this band yeah, man. and, and enjoyed their music and were into them. Like not not just like oh something we would throw on every now and then. Like genuinely liked this band, like both of us. Put albums on and listen to them back to back, mate. I got a bit sad this week researching this one because I said to myself, you know what, I'm actually going to listen to some of their music as part of the research. Yeah, because cause I think I've lied to myself. Oh, they were never that good. Do you know what I mean? I think you do that to yourself. They fucking were, man. And especially that second album, Start Something, has no bad song on it. No. The first album is very, very good, but it was it was recorded in two weeks. They had to rush through it. That's the story behind it. It sounded good for fucking two weeks. They, they had basically they had a demo and it got played on Radio One. And I know all this random shit because I and we'll get into how I knew Ian Watkins. I knew um Jamie Moore. That's not even his real name. But Jamie was the, he, he went by everything his middle name, but they all called him Jamie. Right. I knew him more out of the band, just through working in TV. There were a few bands at that time period, Funeral for a Friend or another one, that would just um, raise a light randomly, that were just always at my work, yeah. all the time, right? Yeah. And and Lost Profits, so those three bands were just, because they're British, so they're always, what British band can we get in Coldplay? You know, all that sort of shit. Yeah, yeah. Elbow, Will Young, <laughs> you know, all that shit, right? But because of the scene I was into, I'd, I'd talk to the ones that I thought were kind of cool, right? Yeah, yeah, and, of and, you and, and, you know, I'd get tickets to Lost Profits and Funeral for a Friend, but we'll, we'll dig more into that. As and I'd are. bring my mates because I get five tickets and all yeah. my mates were fucking in bands and huge fans of them as well. Yeah. But what made me sad listening to their music this week and um, someone actually messaged me because I've got my Spotify open where you can see what I'm listening to. Oh, and nice. I've got like 40 followers on Spotify. Just follow my Spotify accounts. <laughs> fucking listening to the Lost Profits before you come. And I told them and they went, oh shit no 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 yeah i'll listen to that episode when you talk about it um how much nostalgia and memories i have tied to their music mm-hmm. like i i i'm i like talking about nostalgia if you've ever listened to the radio show i like going back through what i was listening to through certain years yeah that time period like 2001 to about 2005 i didn't really like the third album and and I kind of went it off has, on it. Little, had some, it had some good tracks yeah, on like it. Rooftops was good. And there's a few Town called Hypocrisy, yeah. man. I fucking love Great that. Song. I love that tune. I kind of, not fallen out, because I'd still get free tickets and stuff. But their, their music, that album wasn't for me as much as the other two were. Slight genre change. I mean, the album, the album after that was even worse. Yeah, yeah. Which is the only one not online, I think. That I one. don't know, actually. I don't think the, that album's on Spotify, if I remember correctly. I think they've only got three albums up there. Hmm. Um, And... Yeah, so like for me, it's like listening to it and like so many of their songs no, yeah, you're right. my last album's are good. tied to a certain time period in my life where I was the most popular person I've ever been. Like right. where where I would go out with my friends and there'd be 200 of us. 
Wow. You know, yeah. like the entire scene that we had, which was like the the alternative scene in South East London, was me and my friends. The last, sorry, the last two albums on, on Spotify. Oh, the, the last two aren't on there. Portray, so, the Portrayed and Weapons aren't on there. Yeah, did but Portrayed the sing- but, the, but the singles are. Yeah, the singles are. I couldn't remember if Portrayed even came out. Uh, yes, it did. Yeah? Yeah, it came out in the 13th of January 2010. Okay, yeah, so I never heard, I don't even think I even listened to that album at all. Um, but basically, like, what they would sing about, and I think this is why they had such a teenage audience, they would often sing about what would basically sound like you're in your summer holidays, you're off school, off college, whatever, and you're free for a little bit. Well, you And a lot of their songs are like that. Last, last summer, Train Home, Last Summer. Last Summer all, literally would have come out as I was leaving school. Yeah, yeah, that, would, that was literally my last summer before I started work and then you, you, know, don't, get, you don't get summers off anymore. And, like, and like songs like Hello Again, it's basically about someone you used to know. Yeah. Like all you've got to do is say hello again. Like this doesn't need to be this way. Like we don't have to not talk. Like just say hello and I'll, I'll answer you. Like a lot of their songs are like that. They're very teeny, I guess. And I wasn't still a teenager. Well, I was for a bit, but I was in my early 20s at that point. I was like 16, 17. Yeah. And it, a lot of this, a lot of this, especially that for that second album, like you said, it's for someone at my age, at sixteen and uh, seventeen and, and younger, and that that it would have resonated. Yeah, like oh four or whenever that came. Yeah, out. it would it would have re- it would have resonated with a lot of people. Yeah, so I was probably like nineteen twenty at that point, yeah. and like that we we basically had a local metal and alt scene, and my friends, the biggest bands in that area were my friends. Yeah, you know my group of friends, and every time they had a gig. You would all go out and force. You know? it, and, and it would get to a point that like it would take you 45 minutes entering somewhere, saying hello to people before you even get a drink. Yeah. You know, because there were that many people around. And, you know, we did trips where we'd all go fucking take over an entire train down to Brighton yeah. and sleep on the beach and fucking listen to music because one of the bands are playing and when they finish, we'll go clubbing and then we'd fucking kip out in nowhere, just fucking getting pissed and get on, literally great. get on the last train that home or the great. first train home even, you know, that five sounds, in the morning back to London. Great. We'd do that often. Um, we'd spend time at like Greenwich Park, which is a big park in London. Like we'd spend all evening there, like the fucking with a fire, but again, it's fire burning. The people fucking around us, guys, girls, people having fucking arguments because they're splitting up and all this shit. Mm. Lost profits out of all the bands that we listened to back then were the soundtrack to that time period for us. Yeah. And hearing it back, knowing what he's done, and then having those memories it fucking made me emotional mm. i felt really fucking sad i was like you cunt yeah like how many people's memories <laughs> did you ruin like well i mean because you were the soundtrack to their lives at a certain point similar to me really when i was like 17 18 and that you know well especially like 16 17 you're going with your friends you're not old enough to go to town yet without getting id therefore not getting in so you literally have your mate who's who is 18 buying, all, tins, buy, yeah. buy, buy, buying all the tinnies and then we, we we used to we used to do nights like Saturday nights down like Pembroke or a little Pembroke yeah. or something like that, and you'd literally just be the headlights of the car pointing down on the beach. You'd have your iPod connected to a pair of portable speak battery powered speakers, and it would be it would be that sort of that sort so, of stuff some, that sort of stuff so, playing. Sometimes it'd be your phone in a fucking glass. Sometimes, <laughs> you know what I mean? like sometimes you some, someone always had like some sort of like battery powered speakers, but then he's like, right, you needed to have backup batteries because your speakers wouldn't last that long. Yeah, and, and like, man, it, it's, I love that era of my life 
because like I said, it was the most popular I ever was. Like if, if I look at my friendship now, I've got some decent friends. I've still got a lot of friends back in the UK, but like we were just a unit, yeah. right? And um, we had a silly nickname. People used to call us a nickname, like, which I'm not going to say on air. Like it was like sort of a stupid gang name, but we were never a gang, but people used to refer to us as basically being like a gang. Yeah. And because a lot of them were cancerous fake kids and stuff as well, these kids were rough around the edges. Yeah. And so we were like really embedded in that scene. Yeah. our friend group and we had so many good times there were a few other bands that do the used or another one that were part of that mm. we like them brand new there were a few bands around funeral that, for a friend funeral for fallout friend, boy yeah. funny enough yeah never fallout boy for me but they but i would hear it often because they all liked it you know i never got into my chemical romance and neither did they they were more into like glass jaw and that kind oh, of okay. thing do you know what i mean but like sort of post hardcore yeah. but billy talent yeah billy talent from yeah. first to last to me were a big one yeah yeah like all that stuff so we had that but the one that stands out the most lost profits was lost profits yeah and you have to sort of examine your own life a little bit knowing what you did yeah and like i said it to you off air i'll say it here we used to go to lost profit gigs all the time probably the band i've seen them live the most the lost profits mm. because i'd work in tv lost profits were always in as were a few other bands and i would always get free tickets to a point a few of the band members um jamie and ian knew my name so they would they would see me oh hey sam like they'd know who i am like they weren't my friends like i'm not this isn't some sort of claim to fame bullshit they weren't even acquaintances but you work with people enough they get to know who you are and i, I remember one time i was just randomly in camden with a few of my mates and we went into the uh, mcdonald's in camden we went upstairs to sit upstairs mm-hmm. and they were sat there the band because oh. they were playing that night and we didn't I didn't even know. Yeah. And one of them spotted me. It was like, hey, hey, Sam, hey, Sam. And um, they were with their roadies and stuff. So they could have even been a roadie, right? But one of them spotted me and he called me over and they sorted me and my mates out with tickets just there and then. They were like, oh, hey, guys, you, you coming in? I was like, I didn't even know you were playing. And boom, we were on the guest list to get a free ticket on the entry. Yeah. Later, we went there. We were on the guest list. We were drinking. Hanging out. All my mates were fucking buzzing. Buzzing because they were meeting them. And they were like, you fucking keep this quiet. Like, they sort of get like that with me, right? And we had a fucking really good night. Like, a really good night. And I, I've had loads of those nights because of my job. Mm. My old job. But we would call Lost Profit gigs, pedo gigs, mm. before we knew what happened with him. Just because the amount of underages that were there. There were so and... many underage girls there. And so many pedophiles in the crowd. Yeah. Unfortunately, that scene now has become known for predatory behavior of both the bands and people involved yeah, in the scene you know? yeah, yeah. Um, I mean we saw it a little bit in our local scene but if our local scene wasn't controlled essentially by us by by it could have it would have been worse yeah you know and that's just local bands we'd just be like 13 year olds and they're like my group were like me I, we can't stand nonsense like that mm. ain't happening but anytime you see a guy at one of these gigs hitting on an underage girl we'd fucking like 10 of us would be over there oh you fucking nonce leave her alone you, yeah. you'd storm in lost profits gigs were very much like that we couldn't have known as fans and and me as someone who who worked on on sets with them and and tv shows with them, could not have known what he was up to what ian was up to the band they say they didn't but if he was sleeping with underage groupies you can't hide that when you're on tour. Well, it he had his own. He had he room, was he had his, he own, his own room locker room. Yeah, but on the tour bus and stuff, he would have been with them. And it's. It, I think you would notice if your mate was a Peter. <laughs> I think 
someone that you're that close to. And I know at that time, actually, they did have a really strained relationship at that point. There were obviously people that knew. Yeah. Whether the band knew, it's still up for debate to die. Yeah, they they were always claimed innocence, and there was one time when one of them beat him up, right? Bass yeah. player did. Yeah. yeah, I got that. Regard. I got the note down for that because he. Uh, that wasn't that was that was only because he missed the fucking he he, he no showed. Yeah, so he went and beat the shit out of because, him. Because the thing the thing with him is, and maybe like it will come into play when we talk about it. Um, he was a junkie. Oh, massive. So it started out straight edge, but by the time the hype of the second album had kicked in that money kicked and in. fame and the first album he was straight edge and, I, and and part of me when i'm listening to him is sitting and going was he doing it yet like was he and i i don't I th- think I, I think after the first album they weren't quite famous enough no but start something blew them up not like ridiculous well, burn burn was the uh signature song for fifa 2004 yeah. and it made them huge to a fan base that wouldn't normally know who they were know who they are yeah like yeah if you go on YouTube, if anyone goes on YouTube and you search Burn Burn FIFA 2004, you will see comments that are like three years old, four years old, people going, the nostalgia, the nostalgia. <laughs> and it's almost like they don't know what he's done. Like, they don't even know the band, you know? They- well, the thing is now, it's been 10 years. Yeah. It's been 10 years since he was done. And you are now getting a generation that didn't listen to Prophets when they came out. Stumbling upon. They're now, they're now stumbling upon these... Classic tracks like kids that like like their FIFA games. They're like, oh yeah, the soundtrack's always banging. I wonder what the tracks were for the old, old songs. And you literally come up with Burn Burn. You're like, well, they might have been six years old when he got nicked, or, or in 2004, which would have been the age group he would have loved. But they might have been six, seven years old playing FIFA. I love this song. I love this song. Years later, not 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 remembering what happened with him because they're not, only ten not, or eleven, years and it's not normally there. It would probably isn't their go-to genre. No, and it's not like their parents were going. By the way, son, this new nonce is out on the news like he's yeah. been done for nonsense. <laughs> yeah that, that they're just sort of like talking about the nostalgia of it and they, i think that's like i don't want to big him up but they were really fucking good they were fucking good he's he was a great singer their lyrics were fucking excellent mm. like some of the some of the lyrics are really good they now you see it they were kind of family friendly friendly there's not a lot of swearing in lost prophet songs no i don't think there was any there's not a lot of let's get pissed and drunk like let's go and get into a fight and fuck people there's no sexualized lyrics which could be a could be a fucking red flag when you think like he, was he trying to obfuscate the fact that he was a perv Mr. You know? X, eh? yeah you know they were very family friendly which which means it's even more accessible to younger kids radio friendly in the UK Rooftop, I don't know rooftops about, was massive a huge hit yeah rooftops was a huge hit last summer was a huge hit last train home um Shinobi Dragon Ninja versus Dragon Ninja got a lot of airplay on alternative radio and Kerrang! Oh, it was always on MTV2 and, and stuff and that. like that. And it, it, a tidbit, that video that was filmed, I know a girl who was in that video, uh, Shinobi Dragon Ninja video, and that's how I heard about Lost Prophets. Oh, really? She to begin with. Did was, she know who they were? Or did you just turn, did you she got, knew who they were, right? So right. she was a 14-year-old girl, so <laughs> let that tell you what it is. She was my friend's sister. And I remember her being all hyped about going to the Lost Prophets video shoot that she was going to. And there's a skate park involved and it's the Shinobi Dragon Ninja video. Right? Yeah, yeah. And she was like over the moon about being in it because she loved Lost Prophets. And I'd never heard of Moon. This is like 2001. So I'm like yes. 17. Yeah. Something like that. And I just really got my full time employment in TV at the time. And I was like, who the fuck are these people, Lost Prophets? I've never even heard of them. Right. Mm. And then she was like, oh, no, I'll play it. I'll play it. And she had, like, demos. Right? She didn't even have the album yet at this point. Right. 
She had these like old like fucking CDs. Well, she was burned. that was that the song you said was a that like, got a radio play and then they had to record I think an it, album? Yeah, I think it was that. Right? I think that was the only, I think that's the only single off of that album that I remember. Is yeah, Shinobi versus Dragon Ninja. And then boom, the single, the album come out, and they they straight away. I mean, at work four months later, lost profits are in. But then you realise straight from day one they had a fucking teenage girl audience and yeah, but come on. A lot of bands in that, that fell into that genre did. Yes. The amount, the amount of girls I knew, like I met through gigs when I was like 16, that were like between the ages of like 12 and 16 and 18 that we, when we went, when I started going to gigs over here, is ridiculous. When yeah. we used to do all age gigs at the bowl or Chandler's or the hockey club, there was always, it was all that. Because you were guaranteed a bigger crowd. Yes, because that guaranteed scene a bigger crowd with, a, with, a, with, a, with an all age gig. Yeah, because that scene had blown up so much among, um, especially among young girls. Like yeah. The scene was huge. And, and, and a part of me sits there because this has to be the first time an alternative scene, people go hair metal, but that wasn't really alternative. That was very mainstream. Kiss were mainstream. Guns and Roses were mainstream. Do you know True. what I mean? Yeah, Motley. They were all yeah. mainstream. They weren't. Oh, you you, you think you, they obviously are mainstream because they're still playing them today? Yeah, that was the first time. Like basically, skinny alt men were boy band Literally. friendly. Yeah, yeah. They, they never had been that before. So you you had a huge um, underage audience for that. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we would be at gigs and you just see the odd blow. And I, I still remember this. My mate. Um, he got arrested at a gig for nonce bashing. Well, I like yeah. giving a round of applause. Yeah, exactly. He he caught a guy in the girls' toilets talking to underage girls. In the girls' toilets. Yeah. For fuck's sake. And basically, like, he he was just one of our friends, right? He was he was a skater as well. And he was, mm. he was quite a fucking... He was off his council estate. I mean, he's just a, from Plumstead, you know? It's a fucking shit part of London, council estate rough I've never kid, heard you of know? it, Plumstead. And he, he was, like, 18 years old. He walks past the toilets. At this this gig was in a shit area as well, and the toilets were outside the gig because oh. it was a football club. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so yeah. the toilets were like men, men's and women's, and there were showers and all that. Yeah, there. yeah. So he's walking out there to roll a joint. He's not going to the toilet. He's looking for someone tired to roll a joint. He's like, I can hear a fucking geezer in the ladies' in the toilets. toilets. Yeah. So he just walks in there, and there's this guy who's probably about twenty five. And he's like, got these girls. He's like, hey, girls, I'll get you a drink. And he's fucking trying to ply them with booze and that. And and he just battered him. And we, we, we uh, Tom's getting into a fight. So we all come running out there. And uh, another mate of mine started fucking kicking this guy in the head when he's on the floor. And and uh, another friend of mine's grabbing him, going, are you going to kill the cunt? And he says, he's a fucking pedo. He's trying to fucking get underage girls drunk. When the police turn up, they didn't do nothing about the bloke. The bloke. They arrested my mate instead. And, it, and we were like, uh, and again, we never saw him again at any local gigs, but he'd been to a few. So it's like, it's not like he wasn't a, around. We'd seen him before. Yeah. And and that's what I said. We sort of policed our own, our own local gigs. And it was my mate's band, uh, For Us She Envies, they were called. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> say that again. Exactly, For Us She Envies. These fucking shitty names. These, what, were these, they, what were they? So that's scene style so music. Old, like old metal. Yeah, because they like to call rock. themselves Fuse, right? So it was, yeah, for us, yeah, we Fuse, right? So they were playing Jesus at the gig. Jesus Christ. But they all called that, like, bands oh, with yeah. these names. Like, they all had these fucking silly I've been, names. I've been, in, I've been in bands and gig with bands with some fucking weird names. But it was, the, the, those names were part of, like, yeah. the remote, more ridiculous name you could have. The... One band that I was in, I never got to gig, unfortunately, because the guitarist and singer fell out before we could actually get it on stage. But we were doing stuff like Drop Dead Gorgeous, Architects, all that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff. We were called Voices of a Silent Room. <laughs> Stupid. Or my first band, actually, my first ever gigging band, 
uh, we changed our name three times because the singer would always find out through MySpace that there was another band with the same name and he hated it. He liked to be original, but it never worked. Every single name. So we went from my favourite one out of the lot, which was Seven Days at Knife Point, which was a, which is after a, a Johnny Truant song, which yeah. was about, about a metal band called Johnny Truant. Then it was changed to the Archetype Formation, <laughs> which was fucking dog shit. And it got worse because it, tra- it got changed to Astral Casket. It's just like going in the fucking like random oh, word machine, oh, random mate, word generator. Fucking die. And it, every single time the singer found out that there was a uh, another band on MySpace that had the same fucking name. Because yeah, I knew a girl in a band that were called The Wife. All women, all women band. The, all wife, the wife, right? And they got, they got signed. And as soon as they got signed, they had to change the name because there was already a band called The Wife. So then they were called Wife with dots in between. It was like women in like some stupid fucking like name because they couldn't call themselves the Wife. So they had to be called Wife with dots in between. You know? There used to be a band over here called the Tracy the Tracy Barlows. Yeah. Now for those who don't know, Tracy Barlow was a character on, on Coronation, Coronation Street. Street yeah. But the reason they were called the Tracy Barlows is because the lead singer actually was Tracy Barlow, the original Tracy Barlow in Coronation Street. Oh, really? Yeah, she was married to my cousin's dad. That's quite funny, yeah. They now live in Australia, but like literally, yeah, that's the reason why they... But then when they left, the, the members actually just continued on as the Barlows. Yeah, that scene had its problems, but it was a good time. It was a good scene, and there was it was fun, and there was an energy to it that... Music scenes don't have that energy that that did, you know. That had a real grassroots, good time energy yeah. to it, you know. They're, even even over here at the time, around that like two thousand and four, right when I first started going to gigs after I left, just before I left school, to being in bands like for, like two thousand four to two thousand ten, those six years, yeah. The music scene was at its best over here for me, like. We, like I said, we I met the the venues I mentioned earlier, the Bowl, um, Chandler's, and the Hockey Club. You could have gigs there, especially now, especially when you see the music scene now, which is pretty much dead on its feet in a way. Yeah. You could have a it's gig like that, you and about five others that really keep it that really draw numbers, and that's about it, right? Yeah, yeah. You could have you could have a gig that you could give a gig at Chandler's on the Friday, and then a gig at the Bowl or Hockey Club on the Saturday, right? Both both days would be full. Yeah, yeah um, that's what it was like in my local area before. Thursdays would be full. Do you know what really? I mean? Yeah. yeah. They, and Thursdays was just a... Um, you wouldn't even have a band on on a Thursday. It would just be a DJ playing fucking metal, metal and emo and scene. And that and that's it. And then you, it'd be packed. with 300 people would show up to yeah. a pub. And so then all the all the local pubs started going, oh, we need a metal night. <laughs> they started yeah. doing that. Sundays, we started. We had a place called Inferno's on Sundays. And um, they would hold these gigs on a Sunday... That would start at seven and finish at one, and they'd have four bands on on a Sunday, and they'd get the place packed out. Yeah, because people would go. Wanted, yeah, people wanted the music. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we would be out every night. Round, you know. Yeah, we. Uh, my, my first incident of a metal DJ was at my first download, two thousand eight. Yeah. I'd never seen one before because to me over here, your DJs are the ones that played fucking Barbados or yeah. Club Fifty Four, fucking um, Follies. So it's always shit like over-the-top crappy dance music. Never really got a metal DJ. No one ever did that. Download 2008. It was the first time I'd ever been there just someone just fucking playing metal tunes. It's like, why has no one done this before? But the funniest thing about it was some guy climbed the raft, climbed the structure, climbed yeah. the rafter. I was hanging up with it in the middle. I may have even been there, right? Who was the headline? Was it Lincoln Park? Uh, no, that year it was Kiss Run the Friday Night, um, Offspring, 
I think Lost Profits. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I actually think it was Lost Profits. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, so yeah, the headlines were Kiss, Offspring, and Lost Profits. Yeah, so I was probably at that same one. I'll I didn't actually, so I did, do you know, I didn't even watch Lost Profits. I was, um, I didn't actually watch any band that bad. I didn't watch any of the headliners. I think I watched Coheed and then I fucked off. Yeah, I mean, we would go to that shit, like all those festivals, but those festivals were fucking banging. They're, they're kind of sh- shitty now. They're not so good anymore. They still get the numbers. It's just. Download's still right. Reading gone to shit oh Reading is, is a shell of its former self you see some of those lineups from like the early 2000s yeah they were fucking incredible oh mate we, I, I went there and they fucking you know Queens of the Stone Age Chili Peppers playing then the next night you'd have fucking Eminem like you'd have just huge names that people would go I want to see Marilyn Manson all this shit yeah. on there you know Morrissey like just loads of shit now you get like Lana Del Rey headlining or some shit like, who wants Adele to, who's going to a fucking festival to see them come yeah no, thanks but the reason I bring up all this stuff, these gigs, the scene, the time period, right? It's 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 a setting for just how culturally relevant to Brits. I don't know about they were quite big in the states. But oh, they not, bro- they broke America. They were so big. Oh yeah, in the UK. The re- the reason I do it is to sort of just set you up. If you weren't there or you never heard of them before, because actually I had one of our uh, patrons ask me what the next episode was. I saw I'll be doing Ian Watkins, and he was like, "Who's that?" Right? <laughs> don't research it. Just wait. For yeah, the no, that's what I said. I said the sick cunt, but don't just this. Wait, wait, wait until it comes out. Um, yeah, like they were at that time the biggest band in the UK. They were up there. Yeah, that that oh four to like oh six time period. They were up there with like I think at the time maybe Feeder. Feeder were yeah, quite, Feeder were Feeder quite were big, quite big uh, at the time. Yeah, well, that's it. I've Funeral not, for a friend were quite Funeral big. Funeral for a friend were massive. They were another one that were always in at work that I'd see quite often. Yeah, yeah Feeder, you're right. Feeder were big. Um, um, Razorlight, like you said, mentioned. Yeah, Razorlight, they, they, they were, they were, they were quite big. big. Um, nice killers. Lads, to be honest, killers were huge, but they they were, they were an American band, but they're huge. But they were. Too. So yeah, they, I always did mm. their English. Um, Mormons. I'm Biggest, biggest, biggest uh, religious band in the world, The Killers. Apparently, sold more albums than any other religious act. They are a Mormon. Uh, They're Mormon, or something like a Christian band. Yeah, they come from a Christian cult. The Killers. Ah. Look it up. It's a surprising fact. Yeah. And apparently, a lot of their songs are about like uh, crisis of faith, uh, good vs evil. That's why they got song. Uh, Jenny is a friend of mine. Is about a serial killer. Yeah. It might even be like Bundy or someone they wrote that about. But yeah, it's a lot about huh. crisis of faith and good vs evil, and it's because they're. Like one of the biggest, like, like Creed, a huge fucking religious band. People didn't realise that they Take were. Take me higher. They're cringe, but they kind of got some good songs at the they same do, time. They like, but yeah, they lost profits in the UK at the time. I can't think of a, a band from the UK as big as Lost Profits at their height. No. Coldplay, Muse. By the time you, but Muse took off, it took a longer time for Muse to get big. Um, Those first few Muse albums that sound like Radiohead albums, no one was listening to those. Like. <laughs> the better albums, they yeah. The like Sunburn is a fucking cracking song. Yeah. And they never play it anymore. They only play their fiddly fucking wannabe uh, classical music yeah, guitar sh- riffs that they do, yeah. Now. Oh, well, their first album... Well, yeah, actually, yeah, see, like, Absolution came out in 03. Black Holes and Revelations came out in 06. Yeah. Fucking, yeah, Origin of Sym- uh, Symmetry came out in 01. It's all around the same time. But, yeah. yeah, so before we move on to their crimes... Um, there I, I, is... Um, there's some women who got... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some women involved in this crime. So before we move on to the crimes, like, just take in mind how big they were. Uh, UK listeners are going to know. They're going to know how oh, big Lost Profits yeah. were, right? Um, taking up when we're musing about our past, we are not condoning. 
Oh, no. A single fucking thing that dirty cunt did. I think, I think if I, you know, as I'd been in a room with him a few times, if I was a rooming with him now, I'd do what just happened to him, to be honest. Like, it wouldn't, to give him a stairwell nonce bashing would not be. Yeah, one of the reasons why we decided to do this is literally what happened to him last week as of this recording. Yeah. He, where he, he was um, held hostage by three inmates and beaten the shit out, of, had the shit beaten out of him for six hours, and stabbed. And, and then they, when when the riot teams were going in, they fucking stabbed him in the neck a load of times. Somehow, apparently they'd done some stuff to his genitals. Well, fair play, castration, castration, play. yeah. But you know, somehow, he was in intensive somehow, care for two days, and then don't actually know the reason why. I heard I heard a rumor that it was because he was giving guitar lessons to to certain inmates but not to others uh probably pissing others off yeah because yeah. he's in like a shitty prison he's in, a prison oh, he's in one of the worst like, he's in one of the worst prisons but like, you know now he was um, like he was in he was in um isolation for quite a while they'll move him to the prison with huntley and all the nonces now after he's been attacked because huntley huntley got moved after being attacked a few times and then they went uh, isn't he claiming he's transgender now so i've heard the rumor but there's no yeah. We, we might do an episode on that Ron Cock as well yeah, at some point. There's a lot more to him than and the that, media really told you at uh, first. A lot more, yeah, yeah. He was, he was done for nonsense before he did the crime that he's committed of. Um, but yeah, we just want, I just wanted to build up how big they are. And like, before we move on to the crime, I just want to talk about their music style. It so, also talks about how like how much of an influence they were on a fucking lot of people. Hmm, this, including the police. <laughs> Well, yeah. this yeah, but this broke a lot of people's hearts when when he got arrested for the shit he did, and people found out what the fuck he did. It broke a I lot. Couldn't, of people's I couldn't hearts. believe it. No, I, I could, could not believe it. I thought it. I originally thought it was just a bunch of fucking people, you know, false accusations trying to fucking rinse some money out of him. Yeah, you, yeah. you don't believe that sort of shit this at what, first. That's what you think. I mean, I knew loads of like loads of female friends of mine at that time all had like lost profits mostly. But yeah, like they were huge and their musical style was sort of new metal adjacent especially the first album oh yeah yeah but you know because they had like turntables and keyboardists and stuff in, involved um, which I think he was in the band to the end the, the keyboardist yeah. the keyboardist was in the because he was the same it. guy doing the turntables yeah, yeah was, he, was, he was the was... DJ yeah. but yeah I mean, like, like I said um, their music style was kind of new metal adjacent uh, I would say more in the vein of a Lincoln Park than a Corn. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah definitely, that definitely kind more of Lincoln Park. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. You know that that sort of thing. And then their second album was very new, like it what it didn't sound like the first album. It sounded, it still had the new metal elements. But it got poppier. It got poppier. It it had more scene elements. Obviously, emo wasn't. Oh yeah, two thousand four emo was really big at that Massive. time. Yeah. But but the first album it wasn't really, it wasn't really a thing. I know people go, oh, but emo was around in the eighties. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> it wasn't a thing until like like MySpace, like yeah. that era, right? That's when it became huge. They kind of moved more into that, but they still stayed more melodic. And what they were really good at was, and Scott can speak on this probably more than I can. They were really good with a hook. Oh yeah, catchy as fuck. They were really good with a chorus. Mm-hmm. And they were really good with outros to a song, the fade out of a song. You felt like you were going through a story for a lot of their songs. Like when you got to the end, it felt like you, a conclusion. It felt like a conclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, totally. Yeah, but that, this is the thing. Like, again, go back to like the time when we were listening to it. You know, those choruses. You'd have the whole room. You were at a party. Yeah. Everybody singing those fucking. Everybody singing those those choruses. Everybody would be like standing on the rooftops. Everybody scream your heart out. You know, that dirty was, singing it now, but like yeah, but that was literally that was that was that was the shit. Yeah, it was. They were fucking good. And like I said, that second album to me, like I don't think there was a bad track on it. 
Not I think not. start to finish. So there's a few random skits in there, like fucking random shit that comes on in the middle of songs. But yeah. there is not a bad song on it. Like, and I, I don't want to urge people to go and listen to it. But if you're curious, go and listen to them first three albums. You'll hear the evolution of their music, and you'll sit there and go, "Fuck me, they're onto something." Like that. I mean, part of I think it was uh, Ollie Sykes. He shouldn't have said it. It's a very retarded thing to say. The real victims were the rest of the band, which is, which is. Which is wrong because no, 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 the children are the real victims, it, right? But I get the sentiment of like, you just fucked the careers of some very, very good well, musicians. The band, they've never bounced back. The other guys started a band, they're still yeah. going apparently, called No Devotion. Like, they did the, they did one album, so Ian was arrested in 2012, so that was the end of the band. Yeah, so we're talking 10, 11 years ago. They did an album in 2015, so three years after they, they got it with the American singer. So it's basically Lost Profits with an American singer. Yeah. They released that album. Apparently, the band is still going. Yeah, but they've only got uh, three, three of the of the six. And yeah, they're all I, gone. I think Jamie is now an, a fucking painter or something, like an artist. Yeah, well, he, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he just went. He just quit. Like I can't do this anymore. Like. Yeah, three of them. Three of them are bailed. So it's literally just the the American singer, two of the other two of the other guys. I've never. Do you know I've never actually listened to No Devotion. I've no idea. What I, I wouldn't listen like. to it. It sounds like um, Lost Prophets with a different singer. No, it, it's it's their influences are like The Cure and Joy Division. Yeah, it's 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 very slow and whiny. Really, yeah, it's, and I don't think it's very good either. It's, no. it's it's not the same. Like like as I said, there was an energy to Lost Prophets. His voice, Prophet his voice is very on, iconic. Yeah, if a, if, a, if a Lost Prophets came on, you knew it was Lost Prophets. Everyone's going into it. Yeah, you can tell a Lost Prophets song, yeah. and and that wasn't just down to him. You know, uh, the backing vocals, because a lot of it was very chanty, very shouty yeah. backing vocals, you know. And, and the riffs are fucking fantastic riffs. And I don't want to sound like I'm fanboying over it, because I'm not. But just that whole thing was a fucking movement. Mm-hmm. And this cunt decided to fucking rape children. I mean, it's just... And, and guys listening to this that don't know the story, you're probably thinking groupies. <sighs> we, we are going to get into... Um, a, a, a sexual assault and rape case that is maybe one of the worst cases you'll hear. It, you know? it, yeah, it, it makes like no nonsense. Like Gary Glitter and, and a few others look like amateurs compared yeah. to compared to this. Country. For, for British nonsense, he's probably number two. Like, I mean, Savile's number one. Savile's definitely number one now, but at the time, because Savile went out by that point, it might have been a similar out. time period, right? Because it came, oh, he died, it. and within six months, everyone knew about Savile. Late 2012 was the, when Jimmy Savile was yeah. outed. He would already died, but literally, he came out after he died because it was the only safe time for them to do it. And uh, what fuck Watkins up is, and we will talk about more, is he, he, he wasn't even investigated for a sex case. It was a drug case that they fucking yeah heroin yeah heroin case that they got him on, and then they found all the, the kiddie porn. Um, fucking password. Do you want to take over now? Now that we've gushed over how much we did enjoy the band, and uh, sorry if that if, if that upsets anyone, like I do apologise. No, the thing is, I know I know there are people out there, even friends of mine, fucking hate the fact that we can't listen to Lost Prophets anymore. Listening to it this week, there was one day I I, I listened to the first album, and I, I was sitting there look, saying to myself, I shouldn't be listening to this, but it's really good. When I got to the second album, like I said, it is my favourite of their albums. I was like, you cunt like it really hit me when i heard that when i got to the third album their album the style would change but once rooftops come on and i just sort of remember that i said you prick you fucking piece of shit like for every fan you had 
for the rest of the band, for the victims, all of that. Like, fuck you. Like, why couldn't you have just fucked women like a normal cunt? This is, this like, do you is, know what I mean? You could have fucked any bird in the world. You you did fuck celebrities. Fucking, um... Fern Cotton, Fern Cotton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? The, the, thing, the thing that always baffles me about this, and I never... I was like I, Alexa Chang, he was with her for a bit as well, mod, model and presenter, I yeah. I never understand, like, these people who are fucking famous, who could have, realistically, could have any woman they wanted, really. And... He could have anybody. He could have anybody he wants, or really any fella he wanted, if that's where he yeah. wanted to swing. And we get to you, that. But you have why go for kids? I don't get it. I'd never understood why the fuck you wanna. Is it? Is it? Some, is it some sort of? Is it some sort of egotistic dominant thing that just destroying someone's innocence gets you off? Or what the fuck is it? With him in particular, it is porn addiction, sex addiction, uh, and and you see with these people. They go further and further downhill with this stuff. Thing is, the thing is, for for a famous band like that, groupies is easy pickings, right? But that's no longer doing it for him. He can't get hard over groupies anymore. Yeah, so he needs three or four of them at once. But then that ain't doing it for him anymore. So what does Wait. he need? Like, what is he trying? You see it with people that are addicted to porn; they get worse. What does it and take? Worse. You and get worse. you get desensitized. Yeah, to you it. get desensitized. I think I think with him, we see a series of desensitization where he, for him to get off. It has to be, it has to be worse and worse because there is a, a picture that I just showed Scott that comes from a video of him sucking a dick. According to one of his ex-girlfriends, he started rent boying. He did. He did via things like Craigslist and stuff to fuck men and get fucked by men at, in like 2008. He was doing that 2008. It was 2009. He wanted to get fucked by men. So what I'm saying is, if he started, I just like having sex with people. Then. He needs worse and worse. Now he needs to be forced down and bummed by geezers, right? That ain't doing it from no more. So what does he go for? But then the next thing they know chronologically was watching um, bestiality porn. Yeah, right? yeah, I see, yeah. Do you not? Know, do you yeah, see what I mean? I so it, like, he's gone. He's gone down this fucking spiral to the point that it's child porn. Then that's not doing it enough. So what's next? Do you, you go, you what, go doing it yourself, not just watching yeah. it. Doing and that's. I think it's. Um, a sex addiction, a porn addiction. Obviously, he was a uh, heroin meth addict as well. Yeah, that all started. Uh, the bigger they got, the worse he got as a person. The drug addiction seems to be a trend in famous bands, especially around that time. It seems to be better now because a lot more bands are straighter edge. But you think you well, they work you, out now. Bands never used to work out and hit the true. gym. A lot of them do that now. You look you know? at a lot of bands, like, especially in the eighties. Well, obviously, if you ever read the Heroin Diaries, Nikki Six, yeah, like you know, these guys are getting stupid amounts of money like bands these days I bet bands these days wish they could get the fucking money they got back in the 80s and oh of course to, yeah, that, yeah. to that point you know what do you do with that money a lot of guys don't know what the fuck to yeah, do with that money so then all of a sudden it's just like you go to a party and this guy goes hey man if you fucking you know you ever seen um, Walk Hard the Dewey Cox story <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like Go away, dude. If you want don't you don't want none of this shit. He's like, what is it? It's like, it's weed. It makes you happy and gets you high. He goes, I think I want some of that shit. You know, that's that's literally what it fucking goes like. You go to a party, someone goes, Hey, have you seen this white powder? It's called cocaine. It gives you fucking energy. Yeah, they, man. they just make a fucking joke out of it with weed because it's like the lowest ever. Yeah, but because that's well, a comedy it, film because like, it's yeah. co- it's based on uh, walking the line, the Johnny Cash, Johnny Cash yeah. one. But yeah, and then there's loads of other elements of like Elvis and fucking yeah. Bob Dylan and the, and the Beatles and all this sort of shit. Yeah. But yeah, it's that sort. Of, I think it's, it gets that case. Someone, someone goes, "Hey, we fucking tried this shit." But yeah, then, but not only does it happen with drugs, it obviously it happens with with sex too with these people. Jake the Snake famously, famously was a sex addict as well as everything else. Everything else. For those who don't know, Jake the Snake, Jake the Snake Roberts, pro wrestler, 
He in one, I think of, the best, one of the best promos of all time. That guy, in ring psychology as well, just a oh, fucking, fucking superb. Right in the documentary Beyond the Mat, when they're talking about him and he's meeting up with his daughter and stuff. Oh yeah, he he has this line where he sits there and goes, "When you're on the road and these girls are throwing themselves at you, take them back to your room, and then next week she brings a friend, then it's two friends, then it's toys, then you're getting the boys to join in." then you got to go home and make love to your wife and you can't get hard. That's the sex addiction. And yeah. and, and I don't want to go, oh no, be sorry for Ian Watkins because he's an addict. I I think he definitely had, they call, it, they, they call it like an addict gene. Apparently certain people have a gene that really, a gambling, all this, they just can't help themselves when they go they, near that they have They have addictive personalities. Yeah, the person, and I think he is one of those and while he was a drug addict drug addict and an alcoholic as well at one point he was drinking fucking way too much for a yeah. guy who started out straight edge as well which is one of the weird things which is probably but do you know what? i reckon that might have been one of the problems he he hid himself away from this stuff and then when he finally jumped into it he went excess straight excess, into the yeah, deep end yeah and i um, think i think that's i think that's a lot of a big problem with people like that if you do it moderately and every now and then you don't. I don't think you get that problem because you're used to it. Yeah. But those who go from zero to a hundred, it fucking you know. It, yeah, because he was the only straight it. edge member of the band as well. So the the whole way through, being a band, he was the only one who had this. I don't drink and I don't do drugs. Shit, yeah. yeah. The rest of them were. So he was always going to be around it, and it ain't going to take too long. Especially for when some people. Yeah. You know, not everyone's CM Punk. It was like, no, never. No. Don't matter how much you drink around me, I ain't doing it. A lot know? of people, start, yeah, but a lot of people don't have that willpower. You know, and, and but then some straight edge people didn't start off as straight edge. They become straight edge when they're like, this is ruining my fucking life, you yeah. know. Like, but yeah, so like with him, like when we get to the why, I think that addiction is part of it. Mm. I also think that some of the women that you see that were like random exes, he very much dated quite often, not just celebrities. Like he was one of these guys who would just date random birds whoever tickled his pickle and i feel like it was maybe who he thought he could manipulate who he had power who would adore him who, who he had power over who would worship him who would worship him worshipped. i think that also comes into it he loved people doing whatever he wanted to say that comes up in the report yeah it comes like but it also comes up with the band because when they started to fall out they were like no ian fuck off we're, we're not doing what you want to do he lost profits were very much lost profits until he started all the fucking mega lols shit, where it was where it was very much now Ian's band, frontman syndrome on steroids, uh, right? Rose problems, yeah. Yeah, it very much became like, no, I am the band. The rest of you are are not the band. You know, it was all, almost like right. that, I'm your meal ticket. Fuck you. All right, Haley Williams. You know, and he he, he just became if, that. If he does, if he writes all the lyrics, which I'm not sure if that was the case, if they all wrote them together, or he was literally the lyricist, like, like he wrote everything, not the music, but he wrote the yeah. lyrics. So there's him writing the hooks. He's writing the melodies. You know, he is. Band. Yeah, when you see it quite often with a lot of a lot of bands, where it's like one band member leaves, especially singers, and they go, they even with the replacement singer, they're never the same. No. Um, you you not every now every now and then like you'll get ones that, that works all right with like Genesis. You know, they were good with Peter Gabriel. And they, they were, were good with, with Phil with, Collins. Oh, yeah, I prefer Gabriel, but I think they were they were as good. I don't think. Yeah. Um, Black Sabbath. Dio in Black Sabbath was decent stuff. Heaven and Hell was a fucking tune. You no know? Aussie though. No Aussie though. But but good music. Yeah. Like it, you couldn't sit there and go, "This is shit." 
like do you know what i mean but it works out sometimes like journey journey were yeah. journey you know journey were good with both singers even van halen not some some will pick one or the other but yeah, faith no more they're two different singers um at different points you know mike Patton and uh the geezer from bad brains and then joe Kilney. yeah but they they were they they were good with both you know sometimes that happens but other times they can't and i think looking at the career of the guy since that this isn't all about you, Ian, thing. No, it was. Yeah. You know, and I think that he knew it, and that's why he was getting away with shit. I think that's why a lot of the record label, I mean, they were probably letting him get away with shit, which is, it tends to be a lot for, rec- a lot seems to, that seems to happen with record labels all the fucking time. Making the money, they don't care. That's what, like, you literally look at, you look, read The Dirt, Motley Crue's The Dirt. I mean, I mentioned Motley Crue, because Motley Crue were one of my, were one of my favourite bands. But you, you look at, like, you read The Dirt, and, it, like, the record label used to just ignore everything they fucking did all the hotel all the destroyed hotel rooms all the fucking de- drug dealers turning up at fucking three o'clock in the morning fights people pulling guns and shit like yeah they're one of their first fucking gigs they, they before they even properly signed they got into a fight at the fucking club because someone called them a bunch of faggots and they just fucking oh, i they, know you ain't calling us out you know nah, fuck you. They, i think i think it was tommy dived over the dump over the drum kit and dove into the crowd to fuck out of the punch up yeah he's definitely lived the life that come you know like, you know, God knows what skeletons are in his closet. It was a different time. Yeah, different. As, and and, and I, I know people say oh, that's not an excuse. It's not. I don't like that it happened. But, you know at, what I mean? but at the same time, there were these 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 guys were literally getting married to girls that were 15, 16 yeah. years old. It was literally like that openly way. going on tour and bringing fourteen-year-olds with them. Like because even even before the like Jerry Lee Lewis, thirteen-year-old girls and all that, they was known. No one gave a shit. Chuck Berry, yeah, has Chuck been Berry, yeah. Literally, he is. He's fucking literally. I Elvis, think he, Elvis, Marvin Gaye, yeah. like literally all these fucking people. Probably, I'm pretty sure James Brown as well. well they, they, they they're all in on it, right? I don't condone anything they did. For whatever reason, that time period just didn't care. They didn't care. They just didn't give a fuck. But also, don't underestimate an infatuated teenage girl's ability to get herself in a place she wants to be in, to meet the star that she's oh, infatuated yeah. with. You don't know any better. You don't know what you're doing. You're easily manipulatable. And in your mind, you think about these people, especially girls, man. Girls will think about like BTS, all them fans of them. They will think about BTS all day. All they talk about is BTS. Obsession. All they want to do is just have like Junji or whatever the fuck their names are. That's all they want to talk about. Is how hot they are, how much they love them, how they wish they could marry them. And they're underage girls. So while I don't say, I don't condone anything they've done, like there is going to be a percentage of men who are, who are going to see that as, well, they love me, so I don't care. Mm. You know, they're not going to be like us and go like, fuck right off. Yeah. When I was 15, me and uh, my friends, we met a bunch of girls that were up Camden, right? And they were from a different area to us. And we would meet up with them during the weekends and over the holidays and summer holidays especially. And we found very quickly just how many fucking predators there were, especially in a place like Camden at the time. They'd give these girls, you know, loads of booze, weed. And we knew that these men, these fucking adults were having sex with these fucking teenage underage girls, right? We, we knew that. And we would say to them, listen, these guys... you're our friends they're in their 20s they're 19 20 21 years old they're fucking predators you never see them with girls their own age at all i don't think they could get women their own age because they were too savvy to these guys so they couldn't be manipulated 
a 20-year-old woman anyway can buy her own fucking alcohol and fags. And these wasters, you know, they had nothing to offer any woman, really. They were just fucking layabout, junky idiots, right? And I was really into one of these girls. You know, when you're 15 years old and you're meeting a little goth girl for the first time, I was the complete fucking retard over her. And we made out a few times. I really wanted her to be my girlfriend, and she was having fucking none of it. And it was because of these older fucking dudes, right? They, they would just come along and they would insult us, me and my mates. They'd mug us off. They'd fucking come after us. They'd show off about how they've got a car or a bike. And then they ply these birds with alcohol. And it really didn't matter about what we said to the girls about these fellas. It did not matter how many times we told them. These men are paedophiles. They're predators. They just wouldn't fucking listen. The more you tell them, the more they want to go. Me and my mates all saw a fucking issue with it. None of the girls did. They were like, yeah, but he's cool, like, and he's got his own flat, so we can all hang around. Like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? It was sort of like, didn't matter. We could, we could fucking say anything, and they weren't going to fucking listen. And I don't want to sound like I condone that this goes on. Like, oh, yeah, well, that happens. Like, because it, it does go on. It still goes on now. And I really fucking wish it didn't, because it, it angers me. It angered me then. It angers me now. And I wish there was a way to go to every fucking teenage girl, stay away from older men. And they go, you're right. I'm definitely staying away from older men. Yeah, you can't. Like we, we, you see it sometimes at schools. We, you, you'll go past the school and you'll see a guy who's clearly like 18 pick a girl up in his car and she's in her uniform. You know what's going on there. Unless what's you catch, unless on? you catch him in the act. You know, exactly, and you know it happens. And then, and, it's too, and then it's then it's too late. And this is happening across the globe, in every fucking country. It's in the getting West, worse, and it's getting worse. The fucking geezers that are in their 20s hanging around with the 14-year-olds at the terminus and the police don't... The bus stop, that's for us. we got big bus yeah. area here, right, where all the buses congregate, lots of seating. There are blokes there that are maybe 25 that are buying alcohol for girls in their school uniform. You know they are not just buying them alcohol and nothing is done about it. Yeah. I know a few people have been called out for it over there, like, just fuck... I bet called out for it. Well, no, no, people yeah. just go, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, here? no, I, well, I said it on the last episode yeah. we had about the guy. Like, I saw a guy cornering a girl in a uniform, and I was like, fuck off now, you cunt. Like, fuck off. Hobbling over with my busted knee. Yeah. Fuck right off. How was your knee? Better? i got four weeks left till it's fully healed, so yeah. it's, it's all right. It hurts, but um, I can walk again. So so when I was younger, back back around that time, like, well, like 2005, 2006 sort of time, there was a... Um, Back when over here there was like this this un, unseen rivalry between seen kids and chavs. Yeah. There was this fucking chav who always used to try and give our shit. Always just, you know, he just... Yeah, just we had this Being, being a prick, okay? Anyway, it got around that he literally, he was like, even like a couple of years after all this shit, so he was like a couple of years older than us, right? Yeah. He was like 25 at the time and he was literally hanging around with 15-year-olds. And we're like, fuck is going on there? Haven't seen the cunt since. Don't know what happened to him. But back yeah, then, it, it, that was the fucking dodgy shit. Yeah, and we, you would see it. And like, in that time period, if you know, I don't like talking about it. Like, in that time period, I was a bit of a fucking, I was a bit off the rails. Mm-hmm. Um, and the group I was with were all kind of the same. And we'd witness shit like this and just go after these guys. Because now... We aren't teenagers who are powerless when we used to see this kind of shit. And anything like that, bullies, thieves, predators, we'd shut that shit down in our local scene. But you know, that's kind of enough about that, really. You don't need to talk about me or my local scene. We really do need to talk about Ian. And then one thing I wanted to touch on 
was a uh, modern narrative that's kind of come out about him, which is that he never had any access to girls, was never popular as a teen, and once he became famous, he suddenly had all this access and adoration, and uh, his crimes are a result of that. And that's not true. He was a very popular guy at school. He had multiple girlfriends, good family upbringing, and was well-liked. So, you know, we really should look, dig into that background a little bit more. So, Ian Watkins, then you go, right, you're born July... 30th of July, 1977, yeah. uh, in uh, your Merthyr Tidville. So he's like, what, 10 years older than you? Uh, 11. 11. 11 years older than me. Um, yeah, met one of his future bandmates, Mike Lewis. Um, he, graduated, he gained a first-class honours degree in graphic design at the University of Wales in Newport. Good lad, like literally good grades. Pastor is a dad. His dad was a yeah. His dad yeah. was a, yeah. His dad was a pastor, I think. We stepdad, but yeah. Yeah, uh, Watkins and Lewis formed a band in 91 called aftermath which is really hilarious because the first band that i made after i left secondary school was called Aftermath, <laughs> and we never gigged we were fucking shit uh yeah so aftermath were a thrash metal band they did bugger all then he met future bandmate lee gaze through a mutual friend after he fucked off aftermath they formed a band called fleshbind which was based off American hardcore punk. The band played several shows and even supported FIDA in London. Yeah, and at that time, that must have happened. FIDA. And actually, at that time, huge, yeah. at that time, Watkins was a drummer. Then he reunited with Mike Lewis and formed a hardcore band called Public Disturbance in '95. Yep. By this time, Watkins and Gaze had left Flashbind to create their own band, Lost Profits. So they made their debut in May of '97. So, yeah. That's pretty much the early story. And then literally they formed Lost Profits yeah. in, in 97. And yeah, and they were young when they formed, when they were doing this stuff. This 95, 97 stuff. I mean, he was they, 20. And they're clearly having some local success as well. Yeah, totally. Well, you think if you're, if you're supporting Feeder. Yeah, um, fe Feeder in that, 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 that 90s time, period. That, were uh, just getting yeah, big. they were just getting big. And then by, yeah, like you said, by 2004, Feeder was huge. Uh, so, well, that's pretty much all I've really got on his on his early days because that's pretty much what you need to know, really. And then you, then he forms Lost Profits and Lost Profits fucking And as we said, dude, Lost Profits were huge. I mean, the, the, um, but I just wanted to spell any rumours that he was not a fucking liked, popular guy. People loved the cunt. Oh, yeah, no. And, and I think that, you know, he was... He was I mean, his, me mother, his, mother, his mother set up even after he was arrested and his mother didn't believe it. Even now, she, she still messages. She, st she still no. She, I think she knows he did it, but I think she is on his side. You know, like she can't. She can't accept it. To her, she. And look, I don't want anyone to slag off the mum and go, oh, "Your son's a nonce." Like, I don't know how hard that must be. It's hard if you find out someone you know or a mate or something has done a crime. Like you're like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah, it's no, it's it, it's horrible. I mean, I c I can't even imagine how it would be to be a parent. And find out your kid has done because you would have, yeah because you would have raised them in the opposite you know especially with the religious you have that you have, that, uncon you have like, that unconditional love as well like it's unconditional it's your kid eh? that is because because I've seen some people blame the stepdad right really? yeah I've seen the people because go of, oh, the oh he was brought up in a religious household so he fucking goes hey, of course he would no 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 L listen the stories about the stepdad that you can find online in any interviews with Ian talking about him. This geezer helped pay for his fucking music equipment. He, he's the one who let him set up in the fucking uh, little shed to fucking he practice in. He encouraged it. He encouraged it. Like, he never once said devil's music and all that shit. You know, stepdad was a pillar of the community. Everyone liked him. He, a great student, loved by everyone. 
uh, by all accounts at school, popular with the ladies. He never, he never, you know, he was never this. A lot of people like to spin that like he was never popular as a kid, so that's why he did it. No, 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 no. Maybe he did it because he was too pop. Maybe he did it because he was too used to. He knew how to manipulate girls yeah. from a young age, right? That's Maybe it. emotionally he never moved out of that phase, which you get that a lot with people. There are people in music scenes, right? We used to have this geezer. I'm not going to say his name in our music scene. There's a lot of our, I'm not going to say his name. <laughs> yeah. There was a bloke who was basically about 35 when I was like 17. Jesus. Still in hanging, the, around. hanging around. Yeah, yeah. Still talking to Can't the Can't let it go. Can't let it go. Still trying to get on girls that were 18 years old. Like I don't think he was a nonce. I don't think he was anything like that. <laughs> Still trying. And they're like laughing at him, you know. And then like years later, he's balding and he's 45 and he's still there. And he's still getting his guitar out and he's still, and you just go, it it ain't worked for you, mate. Like, give it a rest. Do you know what I mean? Just just, just just give it a rest. Just reminds me of the the Matthew McConaughey quote from Dazed and Confused. eh? That's the thing about high school girls. I get older, they stay the same age. Yeah, exactly. And and I think, though, like with, with this guy I'm talking about was not cool, but there would be guys that were cooler that emotionally never left that phase. Because Still they, were never, like they, they were never as popular the after as they were then. So they yeah. keep trying to relive so re- that re- popularity. So I think maybe there's some of that with Watkins, right? But he got more popular. But, emo- but I'm talking about mentally, emotionally, he still thought of himself in that way. There, you, Scott, you must know people. You know people that still, they've never let go of their heyday. That, it just fucking happens to some people. They still want to be in their heyday, you know? No, and you're like, mate, you've got two kids and you're 45, calm down. Like, I think... If, if I did know anybody like that, I've distanced myself from them because yeah, all my all my friends, literally none of them like that. You know, everybody knows they're getting older. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Fuck me. Um, but like, you kind of yeah, you see it with some people. Like maybe maybe because I'm in the city, you kind of see it more. You, You've you, got a lot more people to see it. From yeah. So like you, you notice like just people like even people that I knew when they were like 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, even now. They're still dressing like that. They've still got that haircut. Like, they're still trying to turn up to these hardcore gigs and shit. And you're like, you're 37, mate. I'm not saying you can't, but... You sit, you stand at the back now. Yeah, just just calm down. You stand at the back with your pint in hand with your arms crossed listening to the music. And you maybe don't, you sort don't... that fucking fringe out. I'm just saying. <laughs> maybe just... No, no, if they sort the fringe out, you'll see how far back the hairline goes. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, and I still, you know, and they've got a tiny bit of a better. They used to be this skinny guy. Yeah, now they've the got t- the gut, but they've got the same shirt. Yeah, and they, and they used to be lady killers when they were like 21 years old. But now they're not. But they still think, they, they still, are. yeah, and they're still hitting on the girls that are 18 years old, that are way too young. And they can't, they can't move past it. That was their best years and they've never. Because nothing's been as good as it was yeah, back then. Yeah, nothing was as good as it was back then. They're still in their dead-end jobs, still turning up to the same gigs, even though the bands that they knew were no longer there. And still living in mum's basement. You get people like that. Um, I think Watkins, as popular as he was, there's a bit of that in Maybe, him. Maybe, yeah. You know? Probably got a point. A bit of that in him. So, I suppose, they blew up. It's where we're at. <laughs> we're, we're getting into the worst shit. But you know what we've done? We've avoided it. Because <laughs> we know... We know how horrific this is about to become. So, Watkins' abuse and misconduct with children was reported as early as 2008. Yes. So five years before he was arrested. By his then-girlfriend, became ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Though the authorities report repeatedly failed to act upon any leads linking Watkins to these allegations. 
So this is another story we find where the police sat around on their ass and did fuck all again. And when we're talking about what she showed them in 2008 were messages from him talking about fucking children. And him sending her videos, videos. that she realised weren't just videos. They were him doing yes. it. But the police went, you're a jealous ex and we are not yeah. looking into it. But so around 2006 or so, whilst on tour in support of the band's third album, Liberation Transmission... Multiple band members and road crew employees recalled seeing Watkins backstage with multiple underage fans. Watkins' former bandmates claimed they were unaware of his conduct as he, as his drug use had begun to cause heavy strain on his relationship with them. Watkins had requested his own private dressing room away from the other five band members where much of his abuse of children allegedly took place. Watkins had also chosen to minimise personal contact with most of his bandmates spending most of his time at his residence in Wales during much of their off time while the rest of the bandmates resided in Los Angeles. Yeah, they'd all moved to the US because he loved the US because I don't know if you remember, he was kind of, you couldn't hear his Welsh accent at one point. He yeah, kind he, of started he, talking like a yank. It was, swang. Yeah, and it, and it, but he was, put, he was definitely putting that on because the rest of them weren't doing it. But Watkins was putting that on. But for some reason, he still wanted to stay in Wales because that's where all his people he was prying on were. Well, you know? and he's away. It's easy access for him. Yeah, I mean... And he's away from the public eye. He's away from his bandmates, though, eh? The band have always said we didn't know he was raping kids, but also in that statement, oh, yeah, we saw him with lots of underage girls backstage. It's like, come on. I mean, like, I'd be, I, I, if I was in a band and all of a sudden there's like a bunch of fucking 14 to 16-year-olds mooching around backstage, I'd be going, why are there so many kids here? Because all of the bands are banging birds. Like, don't, don't think that they ain't shagging chicks backstage. They are... But there's a row over but they're, but they're, they're they're like women, and they're like, now, bear in mind, Ian ain't talking to any of the women. Like they would see it, man. You know? Bear in mind that technically in the UK, sixteen is the age of consent. Yeah. But it is still, if you're a thirty old man, it's still it's frowned, frowned upon. upon man. It's frowned upon. Once you hit twenty, that becomes super frowned upon. Yeah. But once a geezer hits 20 and he's still knocking about with 16-year-olds, you start oh, asking questions. Yeah, you're like, what the fuck are you doing, bud? So, yeah. I mean, that's that. It, it seems back even as far as that. So, that's what, two years after the second... Well, yeah, the third album came out, so... And the, and the age of consent in the UK is a weird one because you're not classed as an adult until you're 18. But, but yet, you, my you age can, of consent is 16. Yeah, it's really weird. It's very, it's very weird. Yeah, but we're not talking about that. We are talking about... It's going to get worse. We, it's going to get worse, yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, so we'll go on to his ex-girlfriend. Don't eat your lunch listening to this. So I'm going to butcher the fuck out of her surname because I can't pronounce the fuck out she of it. She used that. magic as a stage name. So okay. Just call her that. Okay. And her surname's similar, actually. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Joanne Magic, an ex-girlfriend of Watkins, recalled him displaying multiple graphic images with minors or drug paraphernalia as early as 2010. Appalled by the content, Magic had made multiple complaints to South Wales Police, through, though very little action was taken at the time. Magic was one of six people who had spoken to the police in regards to Watkins' conduct between uh, between 28, 20, sorry, 2008. 2008 to 2011. In 2010, an Australian woman who had also come forward accusing Watkins of assaulting her child, through the, though the allegations were not investigated any further by authorities. During the recording of the band's fourth album, um, The Betrayed, in 2009, Magic was made aware of Watkin, uh, from Watkins that he was abusing a two-year-old child in California, in California while yeah. the band was recording in Los Angeles. 
Magic contacted the child's parents, who had also reported him to Welsh authorities, though again, no further action was taken to investigate the matter. So she, she con- the parents have contacted the Welsh police and gone, I don't know, they should have contacted the US police maybe, right? But then his, his ex at that point is like, he's, sent, he's telling me he's raping kids. I don't know what police officer. You go in there and you go, I have text messages and videos sent to me by this bloke, especially what ends up happening to her and how they try and do her for... Oh, for harassment for her, and shit. And, and what they tried to do her for holding child pornography. They tried to oh, do man. her... For yeah. having child pornography that he had sent her, yeah. that she had only kept to take to the police and say, "Arrest this paedophile." Yeah, and then she's like, "You have child pornography on your phone. We're, we're arresting we're you. Arrest you for that." Yeah, it's fucking bonkers, right? But I don't know any any police officer who'd just be like, "Yeah, we ain't we ain't looking into it." And the weird thing is with her, and through an interview I watched with her, at first when she first started going to the police, and they were like, "Yeah, we'll take a copy of that." and we'll investigate it. When nothing happened, she said to herself, he's fucking joking, he's messing with me. Like, she was trying to rationalise it in her head. If the police have investigated this and they found nothing, why, he's fucking with me. Yeah. Right? You know? So, she kind of ignored it at one stage and ended up getting back with him, thinking that this yeah, was just well. a sick game that he was playing. It was a bit weird. And then it got worse. However, when she got back with him, she recorded everything he ever sent her. She saved everything. It's almost like she went undercover. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, yeah, yeah. She, on, on, like, unofficial informant. Yeah, and she claims, while we're still talking about her, that the reason they didn't take her word and why they didn't listen to her is because she was a prostitute. So was she actually? She was, she was a prostitute, yeah. Oh, a, I did not a, find a, that. A BDSM prostitute is what she was. So right, up, right up his fucking right wheelhouse, man. So, but again, this is what I said earlier. It's like, he wasn't going for famous women. Why is he going for prostitutes? And why is he going for... Like, a few of the other women that are listed that he had dated were literally, like, 23-year-old, like... Tila Tequila's on there is one of the ones he dated. If I, did I pronounce that right? Yeah, Tila Tequila. Tila Tequila. I think they were, like, seen out together once and it just gets listed as X, you know. Like, like, oh, yeah, we had intimate relations. Now we fucked once. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, but you know, like Fern Cotton, I mean, they were together for about a year and a half, two years. I mean, she she must have sat there when he got arrested and gone, my career might be fucked. Uh, it was early enough. It was early enough, yeah. So it, it does come to the point, when did he do it? Because I, I, I was listening to the music and I was like, well... If you weren't doing it at this point, maybe this music's okay. <laughs> like, you sort of try and rationalise it. The albums are fine, but anything from the third Any, album the onwards. The third album onwards, uh, that's the nonce music, you know? I think maybe you're just doing it all along. Like, I, I just, I, like, when we get to the aftermath and I we see, get to him I now and what he's been up to since going to prison, like, I what don't... I reckon, what I reckon was this started around the second album when they properly blew up. Once they went on it, tour And then it became that. apparent that he could get what he wanted. I think, yeah, I reckon it happened around that tour. The second album is when I got to know him. Yeah. I worked for ITV. We did many TV shows, CD UK, all them where they have music on and bands like that yeah. and stuff like that. Other stuff, we did loads for Channel 4, Friday Night Project, they'd always have bands and stuff on that. Yeah. Love Profits were one of the signature bands that would always be on. Especially when he was dating Fern Cotton, because she was always on shit as well, right? Yeah. He would ju- and and Ian would just sometimes just be around, right? You'd just be sitting in the canteen having a fucking what he liked was a strawberry and banana smoothie, mm. you know, little tidbit. That's what he'd always get himself. Mm. And 
if you've ever seen a stage crew, they kind of just look like builders, mm-hmm. you know? But there's me, but there's me in my skinny jeans and a band t-shirt, right? So I stand out. So when, when bands would come in, they would often just sort of, you're all right, mate. Like they would just see me as like, Someone that wasn't part of the roadie crew, yeah, you were part yeah, of the production crew. Yeah, you know, and they'd sort of see me as like, oh, well, he's all right, he he gets it, you know. Yeah. And as I said, like, Lost Profits weren't the biggest band, um, were not the band I was the most friendly with. Off off air, I said it, Razor Light. I was so friendly with them. Yeah. Like I I, I knew them because they, they were known for being arrogant and cunts, and I, they were fucking lovely geezers to me, yeah. right? Because then he changed it to Johnny Whatever and Razorlight, right? Uh, he actually changed the band name. Did he? Yeah, yeah from Razorlight no to, to his name and Razorlight. And he got a bit oh, arrogant and God. a bit weird. But when their first album came and they, they hit it off huge, and it was their Kings of Leon hit off huge at the time before Before Sex and Fire. Before Sex and Fire. So they, like Molly's they, Chambers yeah, yeah. and that. That stuff started to take off. And they would come in a lot, even though they were an American band. But Razorlight were the one I knew the most. But the second was Lost Profits. Why are Razorlight are still going? They had some tunes. They had some half decent indie hits. Oh, hits, racket, you know? around the mid mid to late 2000s. Yeah, yeah there's some fucking proper tunes. Like, um, the Razorlight were fucking huge and like, they were there all the time. And like, we've, we've lost profits. ITV had the crush bar. It was next to the uh, Studio 3 entrance, right? And then you could get into the other studios from there. And often I'd go there to just grab my lunch and get a panini or whatever. And a band would just be sat there. And I'd always be like, oh, hey, guys, you know, and I'd chat to them while I'm waiting for my food. And, uh, you know, sometimes in some months you'd see him like three or four times. Ian never really came across as like weird or or anything like that. Yeah, because the mask was on. Even when he was on TV shows that had children in the audience, I never saw any. But then green rooms. The mask was on, man. Them green rooms at a TV show. A lot of people don't realize it. To get a kid in the green room. There are too many adults around. It's impossible. You might have someone who works on a show, kid in there, which happened a lot, but I never, we'd lost, and it may be, again, it's the mask. You know, the mask on, like, there'd be young girls in the audience at CD UK and SMTV. I love you, screaming at him. And he would just sort of go like, hey, and that's it, and walk away, wave and walk away. They never stopped to engage. And I think now, he didn't stop to engage because, like, he didn't want to get caught because he was up to, he was up to no good. And it's a, it's a hard thing to confront in yourself. That I sat there fucking eating a sandwich, talking to a nonce multiple times. Like, it's a... You don't know, eh? You the, don't ma- know. the mask, the mask, like, Jimmy Savile fucking did it for fucking 40 years. Well, Savile used to come into my work for CD UK, and he used to talk to all the kids in there with his geezer that I used to work with. Oh, yeah, you told me about yeah, this. Yeah. The golf tapes. Mm, the golf tapes and all that. And then, and then, and then I, couldn't tell you what, I couldn't tell you what episode, but that story came up in an episode. I might just retell it at one point just me and you and throw it on the Patreon just to keep it there. But yeah, like, you know, like he used to be there and everyone used to go, he, he was a nonce, but you used to go, oh, that's funny. Of course he is. Like, laugh it off. You, you wouldn't really believe it and then it will come out. Yeah. Um, but I never saw anything working with him professionally. Yeah, out, that was, out of that, order. That was out, out of order. I mean, there's that shit that's come out recently about Till from Ramstein. I'm fucking curious where that's going. Because that's uh, that's some, that's something that's, that's something. huge as well, a huge band. I mean, it, that's a rabbit hole oh. and a half. Um, yeah, uh. you you get it a lot. And actually, this is a point because uh, Les, one of our listeners, sent me a list. I'm not going to read the whole list because the whole list is fucking long. But I'm going to read the not- notable list of people that I know, people that I've heard of, right? Yeah, that are on this list that have been done for some form of. Uh, sexual sexual offense or spousal abuse 
Oh, there's tons of spousal abuse. Fuck. So the first one on here is uh, Jesse Lacey, brand new, but I'm positive that got found not to be true. Yeah, that one's that one is a tough one. So then you got Mike Fuentes from Pierce the Veil, statutory rape and grooming. Really? Yeah. Pierce the Veil. Johnny Craig from Dance Gavin Dance, rape, abuse, and scamming for money. Yeah, that that's that, that's happened recently as well. Uh, Austin Carell of Mice and Men. Assault and rape. Ashley Purdy, Black Veil Brides, sexual abuse. Sorry, just go back. Which which band member of Pierce the Veil? Mike Fuentes. Okay, yeah, he's a former. Oh, that was 2017, so yeah. he's been gone since then. Davy Vanity, Blood on the Dance Floor, Sexting Minor, Statutory Rape and Physical Assault. Kenny Harris, Panic at the Disco, Sexual Assault and Paedophilia. Zach Hall, Panic at the Disco, Nudes from Minders, Sexualizing Fans, Sexually Harassed the Bandmate's Wife. Good Lord. And I know, I'm only reading the bands I know. Like, okay, we've got uh, Davy Desaurus, Simple Plan, Sexual Assault. Whole band. Simple, simple Plan. Whole band, Simple Plan. Accused of a competition of who can sleep with the youngest fan. Fuck off. Really? Yeah. We've got um, Motionless in White, Devin Solar, Sexting Minors, Pedophilia, Masturbated on People Without Consent. <laughs> Cage the Elephant, whole band. Caught making out with 15-year-olds in their dressing room. Good. Jesus fucking Christ. Ollie Sykes, Bring Me the Horizons, physically abused his ex-wife. Heard about that. Yeah. Lloyd Roberts, Neck Deep, Sexting Minors. Josh Woods, A Day to Remember, Sexting Minors. Yep. Joel Madden, Good Charlotte, Statutory Rape. Like oh really yeah and like I'm I, you know, this is this this is so long and I'm only reading the ones out that there's I the, know there's the guitarist from Newfound Glory he yeah. was fucking he's, I think he's in prison he was done for fucking fucking underages Al City Daniel Yongson sexual contact with minors luring and cursing minors Al City is in the Firefly yeah guy. yeah those cunts yeah William Control from Aiden grooming sex cult of minors physical sex cult physical and emotional abuse yeah i remember hearing about that ethan calf crystal castles pedophilia stalking and assault crystal castles yeah well he it was it was her it was alice glass he was abusing her when that's why she left jeffrey star we all know about him marilyn manson accused of torture and beating ah but that's been that's been fucking that's since been done yeah twig and ramirez marilyn manson band rape apparently uh, yeah. the guitarist from static x shagger minors yeah and it, i mean this list just goes on and on and i'm only picking up the ones i fucking i know of like uh, some of these other bands that kick the king blues people might know who they are i know the king blues yeah are, you yeah. know they're on it i'm just reading who i know but Katy Perry, randomly. Um, Katy Perry for what? Groping, groping models and dancers backstage. Oh uh, yeah. You know, like it, it's just no bunny. I know them. Sexual abuse. Um, it's just, it's just a fucking that entire. Some of them aren't that scene. Manson, Katy Perry aren't. But that entire scene is just rife with nonsense and fucking abuse. Yeah, fucking. She wants revenge, which are more goth, sex, assault, and sexual harassment. You know, like it's just non-stop across that and and a lot of them were big in that early 2000s period you know that you know 2001 to 2010 these bands were when they were at their prime and aiden one and these cunts banging banging minors you know he's fucking doing a sex cult and fucking abusing people and shit like fucking hell what 
the fuck is that? But I, I remember seeing them on all the all the fucking um, festivals. Aiden would always be on the Dude, list, you know. Got, like they've got a fucking great cover of Cry Little Sister for the uh, for the second um, Lost Boys film and that. There's gonna be people I'm gonna hear bands they like on that. There's bands I like on that. And just be like, what the fuck, you know? I didn't know the Motionless and the White one. I'm glad fucking um, Chris Motionless wasn't on that. It's just fucking crazy. It's it's crazy that this happened. Um, it's also not very well known, you know. But out of everything I read out, Watkins is somehow still the worst. It's because he went up. He went above and beyond. He went beyond this stuff. He saw. He saw. He saw the fucking line you don't cross and decided to fucking long jump over the cunt. He didn't. He snorted the line. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty um, much. Yes. And that like, we're gonna have to talk about what he did because warning everyone, what Scott is about to read out is dark as fuck. I mean, the darkest shit. The darkest thing in this episode he is about to read out. But before we get there, I want to talk about another Ian Watkins, also known as H from Steps. Or we all Ian, remember Ian, Steps, eh? We all remember Steps. They did uh, Tragedy, the Bee Gees cover. Yeah, and... That was their big song, right? What, that was their yeah, biggest they're, one. They're the other ones. I can't remember the fucking yeah, names. Some shitty pop group. Oh, like, yeah, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, yeah, and that was meant to be like a country song, if I remember correctly. Yes, it was. Like, sort of like pretending pop. to be... I think it was off the back of Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, it was like that. It, Cotton Eye Joe came out five years ago. Let's try and repeat it. Yeah. But he was a little gay fella. Um, but we didn't know he was gay at the time. We didn't know he was gay at the time. But, but everyone always rumoured he was gay because they called him H and everyone was like, it's H for homo. <laughs> um, but he, yeah, his name is Ian Watkins. So it's very inconclusive stuff. The only thing officially we can find is once Watkins that we're talking about, the Ian Watkins we are talking about today, went in, people blamed H. But... Mm. Both Scott and I remember, and it could be Mandela effect, a few little things that happened before that. One was that initially, when people were saying there's rumours that Ian Watkins is about to be arrested for paedophilia, I clearly remember people going, oh yeah, the little gay geezer from Steps being it. And then Scott also remembers like, him getting pe- a hiding. Pe- people confronting him and yeah, and going yeah. after him, yeah. And I remember that too. I remember like there was like people tried to attack him and people had to step in, yeah, because they never read no Lost Prophet star Ian Watkins instead of Step star Ian Watkins. So to be honest, I never listened to Step, so I'd never put the two and two together. No, no, I didn't even know that was. It. I just knew him as H. Yeah, yeah, H I didn't from know Steps. His name. But I guess some people just jumped on Google and typed in Ian Watkins and found him. That must have been what happened. I suppose in a certain way at the time he would have been the. The main name that would come up when you say Ian Watkins because it would just it would just put you to Lost Profits for Ian Watkins back back in those days. I'd imagine what co- yeah well, well Lost Profits probably sold more records in long term longevity and stuff. I actually know Steps had number one hits in the UK. Yeah, but Steps never really made it out of the UK. They didn't. Do, I don't think they ever broke America or Europe. Whereas the Profits were well, I worldwide. Mean, personally, when doing this episode, I typed in Ian Watkins and a f- like number one on Google was H's website when I looked it up and I was like, well, that's not the, Ian. and then I had to put Ian Watkins lost profits to get all the fucking shit it was fine. I actually had to use uh, brave and duck, duck go to deep dive. Some of the stuff we've spoken duck, about duck today. Go. because, because Google will hide a lot of what we've spoke about on this episode, but yeah, poor H shout out to him. People jumped to conclusions. They were like, well, he's a bender. So he's definitely an nonce. Oh, like, actually looking at it. Apparently, Lost Profits only sold 3.5 million records. Steps sold 20. Yeah, they, they had like multiple number one pop hits. British hits, yeah. yeah I don't yeah. think they ever made I don't think they broke outside of it. 
No. Outside of the UK, but there's enough people in the UK to sell those fucking. But there were different, you know, pop pop genres. It's it's that sitting there going, who sold more, Britney Spears or Fleetwood Mac? Well, Britney Spears, but Fleetwood Mac are better. I don't know. Oh, I bet if you were to look it up, I bet if you were to look it up, Britney Spears will be higher selling than Fleetwood Mac. It's it's retarded, and it shouldn't happen. But the amount of number ones she had, which would probably would have sold 10, 15 million per number one, she will be up there. Like Justin Bieber has probably sold more than Fleetwood Mac. Justin Bieber has. You know, he he's not. I wouldn't say he's better than them. He's not. But he sold more. Fucking Gangnam Style, which we spoke about off air, has probably sold more than Fleetwood Mac's entire catalogue combined. It doesn't make them better, but it's just, it is what it is, you know? Pop songs always outsell everything else. you got the Beatles, obviously. Presley, Michael Jackson, Elton John, Queen, Madonna, Led Zeppelin. Uh, Bieber and Sheeran are in the 120 to 199 million. Yeah. Ah, there's Spears. Spears is in the 100 million to 119 million. Yeah, it's fucking massive. Like, I, I would sit there, I would listen to Stevie Nicks' solo work over fucking Spears any day of the week. Edge of 17 over anything Spears has ever written. Edge Do you know what I mean? Fucking belt. Um, unfortunately, you know, like, it's not really, sales is not the best metric for quality. Like, it never has been. Ah, Fleet of Mac. Fleet of Mac have sold a, a, a total. Of 96.9 million. Even if you're not a fan of Fleetwood Mac, their fucking music is objectively very good. <laughs> so, if we go about modern day stuff, just for example, just to keep this, sh- just the bullshit a bit more. Just so you don't have to hear the horrible shit we're about to talk about. Fleetwood Mac have got 31.1 million monthly listeners on Spotify. Britney Spears has 34.3 million. Yeah. Big, di- big difference. Bad Bunny, oh God, has 83.5 million. <laughs> and his music is shit. So Steps out selling Lost Profits. I'm going to root for Steps, fuck it. I'm not going to root for Lost Profits on quality <laughs> because Steps never raped anyone. That we know of, yeah. <laughs> that we know of. So now Scott is about to read out the most dark shit. Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Watkins was first apprehended in June 2012 in connection with various drug charges... So this is the thing. He wasn't even arrested over all those allegations. He was arrested over drugs. Yeah, he wasn't arrested when his ex-girlfriend took a message from him with child pornography in it sent to her. He was not arrested over that, but they arrested him over drugs. Well done. Well done, UK police. You yeah. fucking re- Welsh police. Well done. Good fucking going, you bunch of cunts. Right, he was. Uh, so yeah, he was granted bail shortly afterwards. Watkins, Watkins had already attracted the attention of the Welsh law enforcement after several friends reported that he had regularly smuggled cocaine and methamphetamines from Los Angeles. He was arrested again on the 4th of November for drug possession and a separate allegation that he possessed an obscene image of a child. One image. He pleaded not guilty to the charge of possessing explicit material. Shortly after being granted bail yet again, Watkins performed his final show of Lost Profits on the 14th of November 2012 in Wales. Well, they played Reading that same year too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was arrested a third time on the 17th of December 2012 due to another drug possession charge. South Wales police immediately conducted a search of his home and computer in connection to their prior investigation. During the search, officers discovered numerous indecent images of children stored on his computer. 
On the 19th of December, he was charged at Cardiff Magistrate Court with conspiracy to engage in sexual activity with a one-year-old girl and possession and or distribution of indecent images of children and extreme animal pornography. He was remanded in custody, as were his two female co-accused. His barrister said Watkins would deny the allegations. On the 31st of December, he appeared in Cardiff Crown Court via video link from HM Prison Park in, Br in Brigade and was remanded in custody until the 11th of March 2013. The case was adjourned until May, with the trial date set for the 15th of July. At a hearing on the 3rd of June, he denied all charges via the video link. On the 6th of June 2013, it was announced that the trial would start on the 25th of November and was expected to last a month. A previous application for the court venue to be moved outside Wales was denied. On the 26th of November, Watkins pleaded guilty to attempted rape and sexual assault of a child under 13, but not guilty to rape. This was accepted by the prosecution. Further pleaded guilty to three counts of sexual assault involving children, six counts of taking, making, or possessing indecent images of children, and one count of possessing an extreme pornographic image involving a sex act, a sex act on an animal. Which is apparently him, in it? Yeah. Dogs, apparently. Was, yeah, right? apparently. His victims included a baby boy, and he sent a text message to the mother of one victim that said, if you belong to me, so does your baby. Hmm. The South Wales Police investigated into Watkins, codenamed Operation Globe, required a cooperation of GCHQ to decrypt the hidden drive on his laptop, which was found to contain video evidence of his abuse. Investigators later, later bypassed the encrypted password to Watkins' laptop. Noted that it read, I fuck kids. So his laptop password is I fuck kids. Kids. spelt i then f-u-k then k-i-d-z he loved zeds mega logs right that still gets used today because people don't know despite what it comes he on. invented it yeah yeah so anyone who uses mega logs when talking online this pedophile invented that just to let you know yeah. if you still use it he invented it on the 27th of november the day after his plea, his guilty plea had been accepted by the prosecution Watkins referred to his sex offences as megalols in a recorded phone call to a female fan made from HM Prison Park. No remorse, man. Didn't give a fuck. A sentencing hearing was held at Cardiff on the 18th of December 2013. In mitigation, Watkins barrister Sally O'Neill, QC, said that Watkins had no recollection of the case involving the attempted rape, but had belatedly realised the gravity of what happened after having developed an obsession with videoing himself having sex. Justice John Roy sentenced Watkins 29 years in prison with, ele with eligibility... I'm going to butcher that fucking word. Eligibility. That's the one. To, <laughs> to apply for parole in 2031. So less than 10 years' time. After serving two-thirds of his prison sentence, following his six years of supervised, six years of supervised release, his two co-defendants, the mothers of his victims, respectively received sentences of 14 and 17 years imprisonment. The judge said the case plunged into new depths of depravity. A senior investigating officer on the case described Watkins as a committed, organized paedophile and potentially the most dangerous sex offender he had ever seen. Watkins was transferred to HM Prison Park, where he had been incarcerated while on remand, to HM Prison Wakefield, 
to begin his serving his sentence. In order to be closer to his mother after she had kidney had a kidney transplant, he was transferred to HM Prison Long Larton on the 25th of January 2014. On the 9th of October 2017, Watkins was accused of grooming a young mother from prison for a series of letters. Mm-hmm. As of March 2018, he was back at Wakefield. He, so the, seven, the 2017 thing, we'll, we'll just do all that first before we, we really go over his crimes. Um, because... Well, I haven't got to the, I haven't got yeah, to the fucking I mean, sentencing there, report. The sentencing report is fucking dark like, as shit. So he had 27 terabytes worth of child pornography terabytes like you if if that was all video multiple hard drives back right, then. if that if that was all video to put it into context if that was 27 terabytes of video if you press play on video one that would not stop playing until 500 days later so a nearly two years worth of, of child, child pornography. pornography. Now, some of it is going to be fo- photograph. It's not just going to be. Video. Oh, yeah, it's going to be photos. But to put it into context, he had 500 days of 24 hour sessions of child and animal pornography on his computer hard drives. Ugh. I mean. There's no way they, that man wasn't on the fucking dark web dis- distributing that. Oh, shit. he most certainly was. And a lot of it wouldn't have been him. However, a lot of it was him. Yes. A lot of it was him, including with a baby boy. It's lucky he said guilty because poor cunts would have had to go to jury and listen to all this. I feel sorry for the cunt who had to review all of that oh, shit. Oh, fuck Because they would have had, there has to be someone to review everything on that hard drive. There's 20 officers that review that in the UK and they only last two years before they have to be replaced with mental health issues. Ugh. And the problem is, right, they don't just watch it and go, yeah, that's child porn. Turn it off. They gotta watch the whole fucking. They have thing. to try and identify the child, identify the background. They have to try and identify the male or female in the video. Yeah. They have to look out for tattoos. They have to, they they have have to, to watch th- everything to find any bit because of they need to identify everything in it. It's fucking what a horrible job. I don't wish that on anyone. And I'll tell you what, anyone who does that for a living, hat, hats off to fuck you. A fair play like to you, son. fuck me, like you do, you do God's work at that point. Like you know, it's, if ever there was God's work, that's it. You know, there's there's like those poor fuckers that have to like troll the dark web for those forums yeah. and stuff like that, and they've got to fucking look through all that it's shit. Dark as hell, right? So it literally, when you see shit like that, it literally shows you how fucked up our species is. Yeah, I understand why people believe that there's a supreme evil on the planet. I understand why people go devil did it. I understand why that's. They have to call they, it with someone. Yeah, they've they got to fuck. Like, how can someone be that fucking evil? Yeah. You know, and we're talking about a guy who was beloved, talented, successful, could have any woman in the world. He's having sex with babies. Like, let listeners, let that sink in. Like, we've tried to be joking and jovial on this one more than we probably normally would do because of how dark it is. But just let that sink in that you have a, an adult male who has the world at his fingertips who can get anything he wants and what he wants is babies just just think about how fucking fucked in the head he must be we are now going to talk about his sentencing and uh what was published about the sentencing there's a trigger warning here because this is where like we've mentioned babies this we've let you know what he did this is going to shed some light on that and if you don't want to hear it i understand if you want to skip forward 10 minutes that's fine it might be longer than 10 minutes it might be 
<laughs> if you still hear me talking, it's prerogative ten minutes. Yeah. Okay, so these are the sentencing remarks from his honourable Mr. Justice Royce. You, Watkins, achieved fame and success as the lead singer of the, of the Lost Prophets. You had many fawning fans that gave you power. You knew you could use that power to induce young female fans to help satisfy your apparently insatiable lust and to take part in the sexual abuse of their, of their young children. Away from the highlights of your public performances lay a dark and sinister side. Count 18 dates back to March 20, 2007. You met TT, since they didn't use the girls' names. Yeah, they've kept, the, they and, kept those. And the on so the two she's women. She's called TT. You met TT after, after a Lost Prophets concert when she was a 16, uh, 16-year-old virgin. Mm. The, the prospect of taking her virginity excited you. You got her to dress in a schoolgirl's outfit and you videoed her and you having all vaginal and anal sex. You asked her whether she enjoyed being your underage slut. At the end, you urinated on her face and told her to drink it. Her first time, ladies yes, and gentlemen. Yes, her first time. Welcome to the full rounder. That gives some insight into your attitude to, to young females at that time. Over five years before the counts related to B and P, they are the two co-accused. Count 19 dates back to August 2008. The girl KJ was another fan age 16. You videoed her having oral sex with you. She, uh, she is to be seen snorting white powder, which you had told her was cocaine. And taking the drugs linked with your sexual activities is, is a reoccurring theme. Count 31 relates to the 90 indecent photos of children. They include 45 at level 4 and 2 at level 5. I'm assuming it goes up to level 5, doesn't it? As in, like, the fucking depravity of it. I think, uh, yeah, I think I think level 1 is, like, the, 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 the weak stuff. Yeah. Whatever weak child pornography yeah. is, yeah. So level 4 and 5 is the worst. The age range of the children is from 2 to 14 years. Count 32 involves images and videos of extreme pornography. There are 22 images of bestiality, including oral and vaginal sex with dogs. Mm -hmm. Point five. You struggling? I'm good. <laughs> I've already read this. I read oh, it last no, night. Yeah, I read it the other, a couple of days ago. Number five. You, B, were only 19 when you met Watkins in late 2011. The communications between the two of you in March and April 2012 are seriously disturbed. That you are manipulated by Watkins may be obvious, but you were a mother. Your infant was only 10 months old. I can't understand it, Scott. I can't understand how a mother would let a geezer do that to their kid. No. Your infant would have trusted you impeccably. Impeccably, impeccably, yeah. You totally betrayed that trust. What did you do? You had detailed discussions with Watkins about the sexual acts in which the two of you were going to subject to your infant. You told the police you met with Watkins at the Copethorne Hotel in Cardiff. On the 21st of March, Watkins says, come down this weekend and we can fuck him up again. You text him back saying, tell me if you want to get your dick in our boy. You have previously referred to getting your boy high on ice, i.e. methamphetamines. When they say your boy, we are talking about a child who is about one years old. Ten months old. Ten months old. We're talking about a baby. This is what led up to the, the session with Kay West Hotel in London on the night of the 2nd slash 3rd of April recorded on the video. What did you do? You presented your baby to him so that he could try to rape him. First in the mouth, then in the anus. Watkins can be seen spitting on the boy's bottom to facilitate his attempt. You can be heard and seen encouraging him. Could there be a greater betrayal? And then what did you do? 
You took your little boy's penis in your mouth and gave him all. So incestuous. Yeah, this was the stuff on video that he, yeah. he asked her to do over Skype or whatever, yeah. You then took the boy's hand and put it on your own vagina. Watkins then masturbated the boy. The planet, the planning and graphic detail are bad enough. The videoing of what you were both doing is an aggravating factor. The enjoyment both of you can be seen to derive from what you were doing is both sickening and incomprehensible. What happened after this? On the 24th of May, you sent Watkins a message saying the boy is ready to be abused. On the 2nd of August, his message is, to be honest though, I think we were going easy on him so far. Time to teach him and make him learn to love it. The evidence indicates you met at the Muldron Hotel in Cardiff. There on the 9th of September, you sent Watkins a picture of you licking the boy's penis. Fuck Counts man. four to seven relate to this. In all, it is a dreadful catalogue of abuse of a previously innocent boy to satisfy your own interests and lusts. That's just one of the mothers. Watkins and P. You, P, were a little older than B. You are now 24. Your communications with Watkins start on August 2012. It is not long before the communications turn to child sexual abuse. There was talk of moving in together. Watkins said, if you belong to me, so does your baby. Your response? Understandable. A mother-daughter slave duo worshipping you. Watkins said, that's all she will know. A life of filth. P said, the good thing about babies is you put anything near their mouths and they start sucking it. She went on to talk about both her and her baby sharing Watkins' penis with their tongues. I apologize if it sounds like I'm laughing. I'm literally just trying it, to, it, trying to get through it. I'm trying to get through it. It's um, it's very dark. And yeah, like Scott said, like he may sound like he's laughing, but he's trying to get fucking through it. It's, I'm, on page, it's, I'm on page 5 of 13. Yes. I'm not sure how much, how much more I want to fucking go through with this, really. I read it last night. Yeah, it's disgusting. I, I, had, I had to have, like, I had, like, music going on in my ears because I just needed... Not Lost Prophets. <laughs> no, no, not Lost Prophets. No, it was Gary Glitter, actually. Yeah. <laughs> come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on, come on, young boys. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Still continuing on point 11. Okay, the subsequent communications planning even more depraved activities... For this little girl, including forcing her to engage in sex with animals and how to take drugs defy belief. This P was your own flesh and blood you were talking about. Watkins then referred to the girl as my little fuck toy. And that sums up how you regarded her. Not as a human being, but simply as a sexual object there for your pleasure. You Watkins then said you could not wait to get mother and daughter taking crack cocaine. She spoke of whore, you spoke of whoring her out to fat old men who would pay thousands. You went on. You went on. She needs to know, mummy and daddy don't love her. She's just there to make us come. Some of what they wanted the children, some of the stuff that he's asking to do and, and was doing to kids, could kill a could kill a child. But giving a child crack cocaine, what the yeah. fuck, dude? Bumming well, a but fucking the, well, apparently the, 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 the methamphetamine, what they were doing is they were taking it and blowing it into his face. I, well, I remember that from yeah. the original from the original time that stuck with me for some reason. I don't I don't know because you do in in and listen. Like, I, I listen to a lot of like, but it's like serial killer podcasts and stuff like that. We've gone easy on him. Shit, you know, right? There are there are there are serial killers who started off as as buying getting prostitutes and just hurting them a little bit too really hurting them to killing them but he's clearly on a fucking spiral man like he's he's like what we said we haven't really touched on that too much in 2010 a video of him sucking a guy off 
came to fruition, which I showed Scott the picture of him. There's literally a photograph on the internet. It's the only lasting piece of evidence of that video yep. is him licking a penis, right? Mm. Smiling. He's loving it, right? Yeah. Notice he was groping the balls. He knew what he was doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got the shaft in his hand. He, know, he knows what he's doing. He swings in all sorts of ways. In 2010, when that photo is taken and he's doing stuff with men, I mean, he's gone down the rabbit hole. And a couple of bum holes as well, by the looks of it. He didn't find fucking Wonderland, that's no, for sure. He, he found so, he did. found something a lot fucking darker than Wonderland. He might find out she was underage, but uh, yeah, um, well, that she was, yeah, yeah. So that's what she was looking. But for. he's, he, you know, he, he clearly, whatever we say about him, his sexual proclivities, let's call them that, uh, perversions. He, perversions. He, he, his sexual pro- proclivities, it was like opening the floodgates, man. He, he just got worse and worse and worse. When he, I think it's the same. Uh, it's the same with a lot of offenders in in whatever category you place them to be it a killer or a rapist or whatever. They start with animals and they move on. Well, no. As soon as they realise they can get away with it and not get caught, yeah. they start testing the waters and seeing how far they can go. I mean, he with with some of the stuff in that report. And I don't know how much you you're comfortable reading out. Um, he clearly felt untouchable. Like he clearly felt untouchable. He'd been, do- I think he'd honestly been doing it for quite a long time. Because um, um, one one of the podcasts I was listening to, literally, they said that there were forums about lost profits that were literally calling this out years yeah, so, so, uh, so, earlier. So I found screenshots of those. So everyone says forums. No, it was a website called Who Dated Who, which is still up, and Ian Watkins' profile was still on there, but the comments have been removed since then. But I found some screenshots on different forums, like literally like Sunderland Football Forum, where guys gone, that fucking cunt, what can, you know what I mean? And he's posted a screenshot. So I think um, Miss Magic, who went to the police, I think one of them was definitely the um, on that post. Yeah. Because she was on there as a list of people he dated, right? Yes. So she posted on there about him and underage girls. She posted on there about him possessing child pornography. And she posted that he had abused his niece. I say she, the same poster had said same those things, right? Those, he yeah. abused his own niece. There were several other people on there saying, I should be on this list of who dated who, bragging about sleeping with him, also saying they were 14 years of age when they first slept with him, right? So there were multiple posts about that. There were other posts from someone going... He cannot go near children. He abused my daughter. He's a paedophile. He, he can, no kids are safe was one of the ones that this guy had posted. There were multiple others of girls arguing, going, "No, you just don't understand. He loves his fans. Like he's just really open with it. Like trying to like deflate it." And this just went on for maybe three hundred comments hmm. in total on there um, yeah. under his profile, arguing back and forth. Out of that three hundred, I'd say fifty percent were calling him a nonce. 50% were defending him, but they were also underage girls saying, no, no, you don't understand. Like, we, we just kissed because he knew how much I liked it. Like, they were, like, defending it. And some of those girls were also defending sleeping with him. No, 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 yeah, it doesn't matter if I'm 15 because I loved him and, I, you know, and I've met him three times since and we've had sex every time. Do you see what I mean? And much like with his first offence, which they have listed as tw- 2007, yeah. with the girl who was 16, who made her dress up and take her virginity. Mm. By the time he did that, I think it's very clear that that was not his first offence. I don't know if he... That was the first one he was comfortable filming. Filming. But she was 16. So I don't know if before that point he had actually gone with a minor 
But that is definitely him building up to it. But then pissing on her, I mean, he's obviously done that before. You don't take a girl's virginity and go, now I'm going to fuck you in the ass. You don't take a girl's virginity like, and fuck her in the ass. Yeah, it's just you just don't do that. Like Sometimes don't, you do. Unless they're Catholic. Unless they're Catholic. But it's just very um, very weird, very dark shit. Like, like, as we said, trigger warning at the beginning. Um, yeah, this cunt is, is the worst. I mean, he's the worst. There are people, Fritzl. Like, he's as bad as Fritzl. I know it's his own kids, but Fritzl only, Fritzl doesn't got a victim list as long as fucking Watkins. Do you know what I mean? He's just got one. Well, and uh, her offspring. He didn't fuck the offspring. He got rid of them. He used to just turn them. He, no, he used to go upstairs and then put them on the doorstep and then go back downstairs and yeah. get his wife to fuck That's them. what I mean. He just got rid of them. Like, uh. At least he was raising his kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, raising them like you raise bread, the cunt. You know what I mean? <laughs> in the oven, in hot and steamy situations. Oh, fuck. Raising point. Kang, yeah. <laughs> right, point 12. Count 11 to 13 relates to taking photos by P of the little girl's genitalia and sending them to Watkins. Count 14 relates to you, P, penetrating the girl's vagina with your finger and sending the photo of that and similar I- images to Watkins. Your response, Watkins, was to say you could not wait to stretch her. These are mothers now. I just... Uh, point 13... The lengthy split-screen Skype session of the 12th of September is again very disturbing viewing and listening. You, Watkins, encourage P to spit on your finger and penetrate your daughter. You, P, do just that with apparent enjoyment. Watkins is masturbating throughout. That is count eight. Number 14. You have both pleaded guilty to conspiring to rape the little girl and to cons- and, and conspiring sexual sexually to assault her. The evidence is compelling that UP took your infant and met up with Watkins at the travel lodge in Carefully on the second. I don't know. I'm probably Carefully. That's the one yeah. on the on the second of October and or at the Radisson in Cardiff on the twenty third of October. Yeah. So the, the problem with it is they know that she met him both at those two places. But what the happened there? Charge, yeah. It was not recorded. They didn't record it. You for a long time lied, saying you had never met with him. You now say you did, but you left your baby with someone else. The evidence to me is compelling that you took your baby, but I do not deal with you on that basis. I bear in mind you are being charged with conspiracy rather than completed offences. You, Watkins, initiated and orchestrated the appalling abuse, but you, P, betrayed your daughter for your own self-ends. Dangerousness. (laughs) First, Watkins. The PSR, you spoke to the author of your uh, of your desire to shock and your craving to push sexual boundaries. This craving was fueled by your use of cocaine and amphetamines, which increased your sexual aggression. You spoke of not knowing to what extremes you would have gone. It is difficult to imagine anything much worse. The author concludes Mr. Watkins presents a high risk of causing serious sexual, physical, emotional and psychological harm to children, both male and female, and to women, specifically his female sexual partners. Uh, the author also says it is also my assessment that the child victims in this case appear to be coincidental to his needs to dominate and to test out the extent of which his sexual partners would collude and participate in yeah, the sexual interest. He just didn't give a fuck. Uh, point 17. I bear in mind a number of factors. One, the facts of these offences against these babies are enormously serious. Two, the offending dates back to 2007. Three, the delight that Watkins evidently has when engaging in the most terrible offences involving tiny children. Four, this need to dominate any sexual partner and his corruptive influence over young females. 
Five, the use of drugs in combination with sexual assault. Six, the interest in extreme pornography. Seven, the almost lack of remorse. The evidence of the phone conversations after the guilty pleas on the last occasion is enlightening. There is also one further matter of concern. One of the passwords you chose was I fuck kids. I have no hesitation in concluding that there is a significant risk to the public, in particular to young females and children. Guys, Scott could go on reading this shit, but as you can see, like this is a guy who is non-stop abusing people. And, you know, as we get more, I guess, towards the end, to the tail end of this episode, he has continued to offend while in prison. He has not suddenly, like, realized he's wrong, accepted it. In 2017, he was he was caught offending, asking a girl, uh, which, which Scott mentioned in that, what he actually wanted, did the girl he was talking to, was to send him pictures of her children. Yes. In... 2019 he also asked another fan mail why anyone is writing to this cunt it's beyond me you know he has a girlfriend right yeah um he asked another girl in a letter if her child has ever walked in while she's having sex so he's still thinking about it. he's not like it, and that was in 2019 that ain't even that's four years ago like do you know what i mean he's still asking it he was also caught with a phone in his ass 2018 mocking his fan with a mobile phone he was accused of using the phone to maintain contact with a girlfriend outside of prison but denied the charge claiming it did not belong to him but to two inmates who forced him to hide it for them he refused to give their names citing fear of violent retribution but he was phoning a girl out do you know what i mean it's fuck off a charger for the phone was found in his cell watkins claims he still received fan mail from lost profits fans and that the men wanted him to help them take advantage of the women writing in as a revenue stream after a five-day trial at Leeds Crown Court in August 2019, he was convicted and sentenced to a further 10 months in prison to run consecutively with his current sentence. I mean, why this episode is called Ian Watkins, them two ladies, man. Like, I don't care how much he was manipulated. Did, they... They ever, did their names ever actually get released? Right, so there's a conspiracy. Ooh. So at the end of November, early December 2013, Peaches Geldof, the daughter of Bob Geldof, released the names of these mothers that were involved in this case on Facebook and Twitter and she was publicly hounded and like really bodied over it which I don't fucking I don't fucking understand um and then she died of a drug overdose 4 months later yeah well, her death has always been fucking suspicious. She, she's linked to Alistair Crowley's sex cult, the OTO, or the Tempali Orientis, or whatever the fuck it's called. Which, if you read anything about Crowley, it's a fucking sex with animals, paedophilia, pissing, shitting, drug abuse, all the same shit that fucking Watkins was into and, and he's been convicted of. And Peaches openly had this OTO tattoo on her wrists. So her connection is not just fucking speculation here at this point. And many believe that Watkins was also an OTO member and she had committed, you know, cardinal sin by leaking those names. It's also believed that Watkins was probably linked to... Um, the Illuminati! A larger paedophile network. Oh, you mean the Hollywood paedophile network? You know, and, and, and obviously not just the Hollywood, because it's obviously a UK paedophile network. Which are connected. Which are connected, yeah, to the European and the fucking Arab paedophile, and they're all connected. He was distributing pornography of himself with children and downloading it of other people. There is no way he was not part of a paedophile network. No. That has never been investigated. That is the conspiracy. He has never been investigated or, or him being part of a paedophile network has never been looked into. The, the Peaches Geldof death after outing the women and naming them has never been looked into or, or been questioned. It is safe to say, to me, 
he most certainly was not acting alone ever on any of these. We know it from these two women that also co-conspirators got arrested with their own children. Mm-hmm. How about sourcing all the other material? How about filming some of the other material? Was there anyone else involved? Was you know was he trading pornography well yes yes he was because he had images that weren't him so where are they where are the people he traded with mm. and and with a guy with his money dark web shit though he, yeah but maybe not though because no, maybe not at that level these cunts find each other you know like the epstein's island thing is powerful people meet up to fuck children i mean it's, it's like that's what they do it, it's one of these things it's like if someone is um as they call it in banking, politically exposed. Someone is a politically exposed person or a famous person or just a rich person. There's a very good chance they're a nonce. Like, it's not even... At this point, it's not even questionable that there's an elite ring of paedophiles and after the Epstein arrest, none of them have been brought to fucking justice. They're still at large and definitely a threat to fucking children all over the globe. Uh, During the Maxwell case... Every single fucking named paedophile and rapist had their names redacted. They refused to look into this. They refused to even acknowledge things like Tom Hanks being on the fucking flight logs multiple times. No, no wonder fucking Hollywood had such a problem with the sound of freedom being released. Yeah. You know. It's, it's um, <laughs> I think if that list ever came out, people are in some fucking shockers. Bill Gates, he, he's probably one of the only ones who've openly talked about it. And he's lying through his fucking teeth, you know, selling people a vaccine and downplaying his relationship with Epstein, saying shit like, oh, I didn't know that him that well. I didn't know all about him. There's photos of them together. Yeah, yeah. The, the person who flew on it more than Bill Gates is Bill Clinton. Yeah. Gates is number two for going to Epstein Island. When the Epstein stuff all come out, what happened? His missus fucking left him and they got divorced. Like, these cunts... They still do it. They're doing it now. Epstein Island is probably island number five. Like, there's other islands. Oh, yeah. There was islands before and there's islands after. Jeff fucking Bezos probably owns an island like that. I don't, I don't trust any of these these high, powerful yeah. people. Unless there's someone like Elon, who, who at least has come out and fucking denounced that kind of shit and taken great lengths to clean up all the child porn of Twitter. Imagine that's a swerve. Well, it could be a swerve. Imagine if that's a swerve. I yeah. think a lot of what Watkins was doing was a swerve yeah. to try and throw the scent off, the music, yeah. the, the videos, the way he would sort of like, I love my fans. All that shit was a swerve. The fact they've got not a single song about sex. A lot of bands will write a song that's a little bit steamy, do you know? Like, yeah, most bands have got that. Lost Prophets don't have one. No. It's a little... That's how you maintain the mask, is you don't talk about it. Yeah, but the, the fucking video of him sucking dicks come out two years before he got nicked is... I mean, people. Like, yeah, but the thing is, that's the first time I've ever heard of it. Yeah. So that's how much it got swept under the rug. I knew about it because I knew a girl had it as a screensaver on the phone. Sake. <laughs> oh, I've never, and I've not heard anybody else tell me that in my in my whole friend group. People that used to listen to the band and everything, no one had ever mentioned that to me. And now you've seen it. And now I've I bet seen you love doing this episode. Now you've seen that. Yeah. Problem is, when you do this sort of shit and you research it and all the shit we've had to research, you become desensitized to it a lot. Read it, read it, reading that court report was difficult, but I'd already read it. Yeah, but openly fucking openly, openly, come out of your mouth. Openly me speaking it, and then it's like, how the fuck do you word this shit? And I'm trying to not blake it out as like... Just get it as, out as, as it's quick, funny. Yeah. I'm just trying to fucking get it out, because it's, it's... So, yeah, so like, he's re-offended. I mean, there is never going to be a point in his life that he's not going to be a threat to young children. I do not believe he will ever. I can't. I can't see them ever letting him out. They can't no, let. Him, like, they cannot, They I'd, cannot release it. I'd like to say that he went up dying in prison, and but it took ten years for them to fucking stab the cunt. He'd never been attacked. Uh, yet. See, I reckon he has. 
you don't and they're hear, just not selling. You don't hear about it unless it's severe. Unless they have to take the person out of prison for them to get medical care, they will not talk about it. The man's in prison with murderers, and it's it's commonly He's known. He's in there with a geezer who's a cannibal. It, it's commonly known. It's like it's like an unwritten rule in prison. Guys that go in there and and they are killers, but they do not condone nonsense, which is why a lot. Rapers don't condone nonsense. It's like, it's a like lot of the, a you're lot an of, evil cunt, but you, oh, you a lot of the time, that's why nonsense get put onto separate wards because it's not or separate cell cell blocks because it's not safe for them to be with the common, the common lot in there because they'll fucking kill them. Well, the term nonce comes from prison, right? It's uh, not on normal courtyard exercise is what it means. So they'd they'd have what was known as you know the nonce list to separate them from the other prisoners for for that reason because they fucking kill them. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling that after this, he's going to be moved to. He's going to be put on the same nonce prison. Yeah. He's going to be put on the same with Huntley and that. They can't be rehabilitated. God no. He can't. Watkins can't. Um, I'm going to try and end on a lighter note on a hero of this story, which is which is Miss Magic, right? She called him out. She called him out. She called him out years before. She went to the police multiple times, and what the police did to her is disgusting. <sighs> so we have a woman who was an ex of his, who he as we've mentioned already, sent child pornography to. And she went straight away and reported it. Well, originally, from what I from what I researched, is he showed her an image of it. And then when she didn't react the way he thought she w- or he wanted it to, he played it as a joke. Yeah. But then she was just like, the fuck? And then he got just worse. Like, trying to get... he. He obviously liked getting other people to do shit to kids. Like, part of his... Manipula- his manipulation. Yeah, he's a manipulator. He's, he's an yeah. evil cunt. He, all he wants is power and, and sexual fucking control over people. Yeah. And she went to the police. As we said, like five times she went to the police over mm-hmm. the course of a few years. Something like that, yeah. They split up and he tried to get her back in with him by sending her more child porn. Mm-hmm. To which she went back to the police again. When the police didn't do anything that time, she regained contact with him, became his girlfriend again to collect him. evidence on him. Yeah. When he went to prison, the police then took her to court for possession of child pornography. Cunt. Fucking South Wales police are fucking dog shit. Were they protecting him? Were they protecting him? Because he's a famous Welsh... Was in the payroll. Well, did they know and ignore it on purpose? Because we saw that with Savile. That definitely happened oh, with Savile. That happened. And I think they went after her... Just to say fuck you for upstaging us for for fucking coming making again, us like yeah, cunts. making us look like cunts. I think that's why they went after. Her. I don't think they went after her because they genuinely believed she'd saved this shit to get off on it. Right. Because every time he sent her something, she fucking went to the police. Mm. But the fact that they even tried to do her for it, and then the the judge threw it out. He was like, Nah, you've got all the evidence of her fucking coming to you with this stuff. No, no, no. no. Yeah. She she's innocent. But it's, it's probably ruined her life. She probably doesn't feel safe. There's probably someone who's still going to think she might have done something. You can't, like, yeah. So you can't not have got in on it with him. I mean, she's the hero of the story. And there aren't many heroes out there when it comes to this kind of fucking thing. But I think for this one, it's time for us to really say goodbye to old Ian Watkins. From Mega Lols himself. Yeah. Like, fuck me. Like, the fact that he's still used, man. The word is still used. I remember seeing people that used to walk around in the vest tops with the megalogs. I know, mates, they've still got it. <laughs> they still wear it. No, they don't still wear it, they but they have it. it yeah. 
I'm keeping this in my nonce library. <laughs> well, it's just when you got to do fancy dress and it's inappropriate, eh? <laughs> yeah, we want you to come as, yeah, like Tian's birthday. Fucking <laughs> crime. If it hadn't been serious, if it had just if been, been more if crime. Just if it just been crime, you just turn up as Watkins. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, we hope this, we hope we tried to deliver this as less dark as possible. Because yeah. to me, this shit, is, it, it hurts your soul. His crimes, they are... On another level. I can't imagine a parent hearing this shit, how they feel. Them women were just as disgusting as him. They don't get mentioned as much as he does. No, no, no. Like, yes, he was manipulative, but could they have done this anyway? Like, if another manipulator came along, would they have done it? This is the question. You know, yes, they were besotted with him. Yes, they worshipped the ground he walked on. But if they had worshipped someone else and they were the same, like, to do that to a child is bad enough. To do it to your own child... I, I should just mention, B got sentenced to 11 years... So she'd be out. And P got sentenced to 14. Yeah, so the first one will be out now, this year. If she hasn't already been released. But the judge stated that they will have, they will never have access to their children ever again. One of the fans who had contacted him in prison had their child taken off him as well after they discussed sending photos of their kids to him. Good. Good, yeah. Finally, Child Protection Services actually did something. Yeah. Because normally they just fucking leave the kids there in shitty situations, getting diddled. Yeah. But so, yeah, th that's it for this one. Um, like I said at the beginning, if you want to listen to their music and hear what this cunt threw away for his sexual gratification, for his depraved gratification, um, go ahead and do it. We, f we stumbled upon a weird fact before we started that when I... Um, started when we spoke about doing this episode i said to myself i'm going to listen to a bit of lost profits as i'm researching maybe it's self-torture you know um and they had like fifty thousand monthly followers which is a lot but not not when you know what they were like at their heights right oh they would they did if they if, if ian hadn't done what he'd done they'd be like in the millions now and and he was stabbed the weekend before recording this, uh, and, held hostage for six hostage. hours, beaten, and then and then he was stabbed in the neck six times, and the right team were going in to fucking clear it. Well, they've gone up, hey, they've gone up uh, twenty thousand since he got stabbed. Because I looked, and they had fifty-one thousand listeners. Now they've got seventy-two thousand listeners since him being stabbed. And you know, and, and that still brings in revenue for the cunts. It goes into his bank account, and it, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like curiosity, or did Lost Profits just trend on like trending now or something? And it's just people who don't know what he did, and they're just finding it. I mean, I just, I just don't know at this point. I forgot about Lost Profits. I wonder what they're up to now. <laughs> yeah, let's check them out. Um, I've got so many good memories attached to some of their songs, as I said already. And when listening to it back on, on Spotify, I remembered shit that I'd forgotten. And that is all ruined now. All of it's just gone. It's fucked. And while it's probably the most minor of his crimes, it's still on the list. You know, he's ruined moments in millions of people's lives. Maybe people had it at their wedding, all sorts of shit. It taints. It darkens that about yeah. that memory and darkens everything about it. Yeah, um, you know, that's it, I think, for this one, really. Um, and thanks for sticking with us. Uh, maybe it's the darkest one we've done. You know what I mean? Maybe it is the darkest episode we've done so far. Yeah. We drunk through it, so we had to. You know, we had to. <laughs> There's so, no way we were ever going to try this one sober. I honestly don't blame you guys if you joined us drinking on this one. But yeah, take care, guys, and uh, we'll, we'll see you again soon.